Hi, this is Joseph Arthur. Thanks for checking out Come to Where I'm From. Please support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash come to where I'm from. We are an independent podcast, and any contributions you can make are greatly appreciated. Oh, check one, two. Hello. Sounds good. We got Ralph Sutton. Hey. Is that how I say your name? Ralph Sutton. How else would you perform? Per, uh, would perform you pronounce it. that? Well, perform it. How else do you pronounce that? There's not too many other ways. Sutan. Sutan. Like Sutton Place. Ralph, Ralph Sutan. <clears throat> that makes me sound more. It was uh, something like uh, Satana something. I forget. It was because my family was Syrian. Mm. Uh, and I, my dad was first generation, but when my grandfather came in here. They changed the name. He said, All right, you're Sutton now. It was like Satania uh, or something. Something Syrian, something Arabic. Satani. Yeah, something like that. And they said, It's Sutton now. Welcome to America. Rafael Sutania. You make me sound so much more fancy than I am. Rafael. Now you sound Spanish. Hello, Rafael. Hello, mate. <laughs> we have Rafael Sutton here, mate. You know I can't do I accents. Mean? I wish I could do fucking Easy. accents. Easy. I can't either, that's dude. That's a good one, Joe. That was okay, keep, actually. Keep that up. I just got lucky. <laughs> well, also, it started Arabic, then it went Spanish, yeah. and then it became English. No, I don't know about his Arabic, but mm. his English is good. So, hey, Ralph, thanks for coming and doing our, our podcast. No worries. I like that you already pluralized it for you guys, the guy that's shoved in the corner like some sort of redheaded stepchild. <laughs> yeah, he's but he's on camera. I, I see that. I've watched a couple episodes. Uh, I know. Okay, cool. Yeah. Thank you. I prepare. You know, I'm not a... The neophyte to this game. No, I know. That's uh, one of the things I want to talk to you about is because you're a podcast expert. I would say uh, it's funny is that I'm looked at that as that now, but mm-hmm. I've been doing it five years right. and went in knowing nothing. Right. And then within a couple of years to get hired, I was hired by CBS to like consult their podcast group for a couple of their shows and stuff. Yeah. And it just shows you how new... It is. The world is that some idiot that's been doing it for two years yeah. is looked at as an expert at the right. time. You know, but it just, it's I went on Reddit's and everything else, and watched YouTube videos just like everybody else right. to try and figure it out. Yeah, and now looked at it as someone that knows what he's talking about for whatever reason. Well, yeah, you do. I mean, well, you got this fantastic podcast studio in the East Village. Worked it's, hard on it. That's incredible. It's like uh, it's the antithesis of this. Yeah, I'm, thanks a lot, Ralph. Well, thanks a we're, lot, we're going Rafael for, for vibe. We're, we're going for vibe and character. Yeah. Hey, man, if you want to like, uh, if you want to like, take us on, we'll come in that yeah. studio, that fancy studio. Well, I, what I like about it is just like you know, you can access the TV. Like yeah. it's the Joe Rogan. Right, we style. have the TV. We also have the nice outdoor space. And oh yeah, we really. I purposefully, first of all, I looked for six months to find the mm-hmm. right location i probably looked at yeah. 500 spaces to find i wanted to feel speakeasy-ish and like have like a cool mm-hmm. underground vibe i was hoping for outdoor space because everybody smokes these days right and not like a couple of places we saw you had to take an elevator to the top floor to go to the back to go smoke and that just even though they might have been better spaces and about the same money just didn't make sense in terms of the grand picture of the whole thing mm-hmm. you know so i was trying to uh, tick as many boxes as possible when i found the space and it's four blocks from my house, so That's when something cool. goes wrong, I can be there in three minutes. Yeah, it's super convenient. Yeah, you're, you you live you're around the corner from me. So. Right around the corner from me too. Now, and I'm becoming a regular. Yeah, you've been on. You did my show. Yeah, first SDR, and uh, that got a good response. It was nice to I'm see. Happy that it did. Yeah, we got we do about uh you know we're not blowing up the world, but we do pretty well numbers wise, right. and um, then uh. 
Marcus, who I do the the other show with called Sherpa and the Schmuck. You just mm-hmm. did that one, and you two got into what I imagined would happen, somewhat of a heated debate. Yeah. And now he wants you back. So you're doing a second part. I know he wants me back. It's a setup though this time. <laughs> you always think that you thought you thought, I thought it was a setup. setup last time, but yeah. this time I'm pretty convinced it's a setup. Are you gonna go prepared? <laughs> no, I'm just gonna go because I don't know why. I like this guy. Uh, <laughs> this guy's all right. I'm a pretty genuine dude. <laughs> yeah, where where are you from? I'm from here, born and raised, Brooklyn, New York. That's and, amazing. Uh, what, which part of Brooklyn? How well do you know Brooklyn? I mean, I lived there for. 15 years but not that well yeah the area you know is, is I mean? it's, it's not so, it's so all over it's so place. huge i mean it's, it's one huge. of the biggest cities in the country but um oh, not cities but one of the biggest you know uh, boroughs whatever boroughs. Call it. um it's called gravesend which is near sheepshead bay okay so most people know sheepshead bay right on the water by coney island and, and right. stuff like that but um it's called it's called gravesend it's about five minutes from sheepshead bay and it's not a very popular area. At the time when I was growing up, it was super Jewy. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm especially Syrian Jew, which is what I'm half Syrian Jew. Mm-hmm. And uh, now it's very Russian. But at the time, it was very Jewy. Oh, that's cool. Um, but then I moved, I went to college in Albany. And then when I graduated, I moved into Manhattan. I've been living in Manhattan ever since. And what did you study? You know what's funny is that it looks like I'm a genius because this is what I'm in now. I'm in communications and business. Yeah. So, wow, this guy really dove into it right. Mm-hmm. But... I was the first kid in my whole family, no matter how far out you want to go, to go to college. Mm-hmm. So I went just to say, let me just fucking go to college, right? And be the, yeah. the first. But I went, like, take, I took months off of classes mm-hmm. and just partied and, and never, like, never took it seriously. And on the third year, you have to pick what your major is. And I just looked at all the classes I had taken randomly. I'm like, oh, well, if I do this and this, I can get communications and business. So it was the, che- it was the easiest way out. Yeah. But it wasn't planned at all. And now I just happen to be in that business. In communications yeah. and business. Yeah, so it looked like, wow, this kid knew what he was doing. Yeah. But uh, I definitely went, to, I, I would not go to class. I did not take it seriously. Yeah. So and it didn't help? Didn't help at all. Not at all. I think the only thing, that, like, if I ever had kids, you have kids? No. Uh, if I ever have kids, I would make them take a year off and work yeah. and experience the world. And then decide, unless you're someone that's like, I definitely want to be a doctor. Oh, my God, I'm so into law. Something that makes sense for the scholastic path. Other than that, I think you need to experience the real world before you make any decisions. Yeah, and nowadays you can educate yourself. That's the thing. I'm a big fan of that. Google and YouTube. Google and YouTube. That's it. You don't need to do it. Unless you need accreditation for some reason, why would you not go to just school of Google and YouTube? It yeah. makes no sense. Well, and now they're talking about taking away a lot of people's platforms on YouTube. Yeah, that's like going to happen. December 10th, I think. It's definitely happening. Like that's why we started Gas Digital. Yeah. You know, it's, it's that, that you cannot be beholden to another company. That's right. And you know that, the, look, what happened was like four years ago, the Adopolix, or whatever they call it, Adocalypse, I always say it wrong, uh, where YouTube changed it, where if you had uh, what they deemed inappropriate material, right. you could no longer make money on, yeah. on YouTube. So it's like, where else was like, fuck YouTube. I mean, I like to be yeah. on YouTube, YouTube, because um, <laughs> right. it is the second most uh, searched engine, you know, right. after it's Google, huge. it's YouTube. And you just want to reach those people. Just want to reach but people. But it's the worst, it's the worst platform. It's becoming worse. Yeah, and, and it's all going to get worse. It's all yeah. going to get worse. So that's why we started Guest, because I just want it to be only accountable to myself and not have to worry about anybody else. What is that platform? So we have a network. We started uh, now, it's, I guess, three years. Excuse me. Uh, It'll be, I guess, it'll be four years technically in May. But I don't consider us a company until we moved into the studio that Joe went into, Mm -hmm. which is a year and a half. So we are our own network, Gas Digital Network. We started with four shows and 10,000 listeners a week. 
and now we have 20 shows and we near 2 million listeners a week on our own platform and all everywhere else. And so that's, advertisers that's awesome. come to you. Advertisers come to us, but we also have a subscription model. We have uh, it's a seven dollars a month if you use a coupon code. They pay for perks like um, getting it early, getting it without commercials, getting it in HD, and access to the entire catalog. The newest fifteen episodes are free for everybody on YouTube and anywhere you hear podcasts. But if you're a big fan, you pay the extra money and you get access to the unfiltered content because even on YouTube, sometimes we have to block out things because you, you we would get shut down. Right. You know? And I just don't, I think that you should be, as an, uh, you as like a, 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 such a respected artist, I would imagine the idea of your creativity being edited in any way. Yeah, it drives me nuts. This, it has free, to be. this free speech thing drives me absolutely yeah. up a tree. And I talk about it a lot. And usually people just look at me blankly when I bring it up or haven't heard of it. And that also drives me nuts. I'm like, because I, you know, I don't want to be like, uh, whatever, like a conspiracy theorist or whatever, mm -hmm. but it's just like, it's, that's even a bad word. It's daunting, you know? And I, and I, it seems to me though, that they're just like cutting themselves, like shooting themselves in the foot because everybody's going to go to like bit shoot. And oh yeah. All bit these. shoots becoming more and more popular. Yeah, yeah. I just keep hearing that Where yeah. you know, and it's like why they're giving away the business yeah. basically. I mean, ask my space how it feels to start putting in, uh, you know, <laughs> controls. Exactly. Uh, it just, it's, it's crazy. Like, uh, yes. Yeah, so I don't really know why they're doing that I it's mean, just be, they, we have leaned more and more politically correct especially in the current and it just i think there might be a pendulum a pendulum shift back at some point let's hope so but right now it's it's, it's getting comical yeah how crazy it is it's comical too because when i bring it up and then it they, they somehow lumped it in with like if you are pro free speech then you're also kind of a right-wing nut right, job right. conspiracy theorist right. and then so to me if, if you're going to correlate those two realities which somehow those have been correlated mm -hmm. i feel like that is an alarm in and of itself right, that should that should already be alarming to people right. that to say hey i'm for pro, pro i'm pro free speech yeah. is somehow like almost like you're almost a fascist. Right, that's like a sad that, truth. Like that's yeah. wild. It, like yeah. wake up. Yeah. If it, that it, is correlated, wake up. I get in trouble a lot because like, I like, I have often said I, I'm, I'm proud to live in a country where racism exists. And what I mean by that is we live in a free speech world. Right. You want to be an idiot? You want to have that belief? Yeah. You're allowed to. I don't have to yeah. agree with it. Right. I can think you're a moron. But thank God we live somewhere where you can feel that way. Right. As if in, in North Korea, you can have 14 haircuts yeah. as a man. Yeah. One of the each person that ruled over North Korea. Yeah. So I don't want to live there. I, I want to live either. where if you want to be a racist asshole, you can be a racist <laughs> asshole. Yeah. That's what I would rather do. And instead of like calling somebody who says I like free speech oh well then they're a racist why don't you call people who are racist who say that they're racist yeah if somebody's exactly. a racist they're gonna say I'm a racist oh they're gonna do something very racist right yeah. <laughs> like, and then know, the other like, like the other subset of free speech that really bothers me which is probably 80 percent of people that say they believe in free speech yeah. is like you can talk about whatever you want Unless it offends me. Unless it offends and me. And that's where the biggest uh, tightrope is, is like right. sitting at a comedy club and watching a gay guy laugh at the black joke right. and then get mad at the gay joke. Yeah. You can't have it that way. Right. Right. It makes no sense. Everything's fine or nothing's fine. Right. I wrote a tweet like uh, about like uh, when I, because I was like on YouTube and it's not just like political stuff. It's health food, alternative health yeah. food stuff. Are we, getting, we just talked about that video you sent me with the Joe Rogan thing. Yeah. Right. They're getting shut down. And, yeah. and, I, and I wrote something about that. Like obviously our 
perception they're attempting to control our perception because if you control people's perception you can control people and so i wrote something like that and then i got a response like uh, like and it was about a health food channel and then this lady wrote something like i went down a right wing rabbit hole and they're a bunch of fascists. I'm glad they're getting silenced. That was the response <laughs> in America. I mean, it's like, yeah. I, and I, I always think like, whatever happened to, I don't have to agree with what you say, but I will like right. die well, for your right to say it. That is the country I grew up in. I think that you know, uh, like, when Obama became president, the racists of America that didn't want a black president right. started this uh, dichotomy of your way or my way. Yeah. And then it got further down that path once Trump became president. Right. And I think it's only been in the past, at least in, that I see it, in the past 10, 15 years mm-hmm. where it's become this, either you agree with me or you're against me, we can't have an argument or yeah, a discussion. Or we can't just have a like civil discussion yeah. about like we have different views. Right, I mean, when I was a kid, my dad was a Republican, my mother was a Democrat, yeah. they, they were married. Yeah. Why not, you know? Right. And I don't assign myself to either party, but... It, it is a weird thing now that yeah. it's, it's either we agree on everything or we can't be friends. Right. Which makes no sense. It doesn't make any yeah, sense. Yeah, Marcus, the guy that we uh, were on his, my other show, Sherpa mm-hmm. the Shrug, he's a 100% vegan, uh, raw food vegan guy. Right. I don't agree with that at all. It doesn't mean we can't be friends. We right. joke about it all the time. We yeah, talk about it. Exactly. Why can't you be that way? It makes no sense. I don't know. I, I don't, don't agree with semen retention, but I can be friends <laughs> with you. <laughs> wow. <laughs> You're you not know, alone. I'm going to convert you yet. <laughs> <laughs> what? You don't agree with semen retention uh, either? Yeah. No, I don't practice it, uh, but but everyone we've brought it up to are like, what? What? No. Uh, you know what's funny, though? When he <laughs> described it about the energy and also I just the thing he said, which I does resonate. Mm-hmm. How do you feel after you have an orgasm? Are you relaxed? You're not in yeah. the you're just content with you're the world. You're not hungry anymore. Yeah. And I agree with all of that. No, I have the tiger. I left. just don't agree with uh, not allowing yourself that, that core happiness. Yeah. You know? But I do think what you're saying makes sense. I think perhaps a middle ground of in not having meaningless sex yeah. versus not having no sex, somewhere no, in the middle where you're only having that allowance yeah. with someone you connect with, I could understand that more. No, you have sex still, but there's, yeah, like, there's, but, but there's a way to like elongate it and, and, right. keep, and keep it going and going and going. But I think it is that for so long... Gotta read that book, The Multi-Orgasmic Male. For so long, you didn't make a woman come that you felt it was fair that you had started retaining yourself from having one. Wait, that's what, what I think. That's what you... That's your, <laughs> that's your suspicion. That's my, that's my theory. That's my theory. It's like, I might as well be in this with you. Uh, <laughs> All right, I'll take that one on the chin. <laughs> that's what she said, right? Come on now. Ow. Ow. <laughs> so what would you, like, for beginning podcasters, what, what would you recommend that they do? Well, it's fine. I actually, which is a, a nice little claim to fame this year, um... I, when I after I interviewed, um, I interviewed, had Mark Cuban on my show, and it right. was a great interview. And then a lot of like business type uh, magazines and, and online uh, places started hitting up, hitting me up for questions and stuff. Right. And earlier this year, I was on the cover of Entrepreneur.com wow. about Congrats, how to start dude. a podcast. Right. Nice. And I really believe that the beauty of a podcast yeah. is you need nothing. You really can do it on your phone if you want to do it with zero investment. Yeah. It's gonna sound like shit. But yeah. you can start just talking to your phone, right? And there are apps like Anchor that can just put it up for you. Right. It's the cheapest barrier to entry. The reason why I tell people just do that 
is you're, you'd be amazed that once you tell someone, just start, Right. how many people don't do that? And if, like, if you can't do that, then, yeah. you're not made for this because there's so much more to it. And if you just can't hit, download an app and hit start and start recording, you're never going to do it. Yeah, I agree with that too. It's like in everything, if you just start, like yeah. even like things I'm have been good at in the past like making an album or something like i'll procrastinate getting back into that process for right. months i'll just sit on a couch for six months like staring at a guitar going right. like I, why practicing your semen why? retention <laughs> yeah no no that's when i'm not <laughs> so when you practice the semen retention you'd be gets, up and running you yeah, get up right. off that fucking couch bro you can't deal with it you're like yo you're levitating <laughs> off the couch you float to the guitar the guitar just like Floats in yeah, your but hands. The, the truth is, people just don't want to start. <laughs> they don't. They want it to be spoon fed to them. That's yeah. what most people think. Like, how do I just have what you know what you've done already? How right. do I get to a hundred thousand listeners a show yeah. and make money on it? Whatever. It, just, it starts with step one. It doesn't start with step twenty-seven. No. Yeah. And nobody right. wants to hear that. That's so if you can't do a twenty-minute show a week where you're just you know, pontificating about whatever right. in your phone and releasing it for the you and your brother listening to, yeah. uh, then you're never going to actually take this seriously. True. And anything you do start, you're going to hate anyway. Right. So just start the process. Yeah. Get used to the idea of talk. I tell, I tell people I think it's better to be a 30-minute show to start because I'd rather you add time than six months from now realizing you're having a hard time filling an hour yeah. or 45 minutes or, or two hours, whatever it is, and then you start shortening it. That's going to piss off the few people that actually do listen to you. Right. So it's better to always say, oh, I'm so good at 30 minutes now, we're going to go to 45 right. or whatever it is, 20 minutes. I don't, there's no specific time, although the most listened to podcast is, is about a 40-minute length is that right? because of uh, commutes. So people oh, listen. Right. The most common commute time is 40 minutes, so it just stands to reason that they coincide with each other. Yeah, so like with the Joe Rogan thing, I, I like will listen in sections. In segments. The funny thing know. about that, so... And I'm going to get a little technical now, and I apologize. No, but, um, we want that. So the what quantifies a listener is a big question, right? Okay. How long do they – like if I just hit play 200 times, was that 200 listens? Uh, it's not, right? And, and there, there's, there's about how the, – there's a quantification. Did you just say it's retention? I said audience yeah. retention. Yeah. That's the uh, – The fuck? <laughs> right, no, but anyway. The, there's a IAB – Semen retention is what, what qualifies a listener, really. Yeah. There's an IAB <laughs> standard. practice or not. Something that's, uh, it's the Interactive uh, Advertising Bureau that quantifies what actually counts as a listen, right? Mm -hmm. And they just changed it recently. They're probably going to change it again. Yeah. But the truth is that- How long, how long is it's it? It's about, I think it's, it's a, there's a couple of factors that rely on it. So it's got to be from, if it's from the same IP address, if it's within the same 24 hours, it doesn't count as additional additional listen oh. or something like that. Like, I, I figured they changed it recently, so I'm not exactly sure. But- to me, there's a lot of flaws with it also because if you and I live in the same house and have the same IP address, so I listen to it and you listen to it off two different computers, it's going to come up as one listen. You know? Or if I listen at work and then bring it home and give it to someone else, but it's on my phone or they download it, if someone puts it somewhere and downloads it and shares it with 100 friends, it still only counts as one listen. There's a lot of weird errors, but versus how many people actually listen to a radio station, mm -hmm. they have no fucking idea. How many people see an ad in a magazine, they have no idea. Yeah. This is far closer to an actual metric, right? right? So I like that. But the reason why Joe Rogan, Ari Shafir, and a lot of these other comics are early adopters to podcasting is so long, like three hours, right. is that they saw in the beginning, the longer my podcast is, the more listens I get. Uh -huh. So they thought, oh, I need to make it longer. But what it was... The standard at the time was if the same person listened to one episode in 20 segments, 
it counted as 20 listens. Wow. So they've changed that now, but it's too late for them, so they keep going where they're going because you can't shorten it. It would be weird. Mm. I don't know if that's the reason why I still at that length, but that's certainly the reason why they started to go longer in the beginning because they saw the longer episodes would get more listens, but it wasn't more listens. It was that the metric was flawed. Interesting. That too technical, or you followed that? No, I no. like that. No, that that's cool. Yeah. It's like, uh, how many episodes a week do you guys do? Uh, me, sex, S- drugs, and rock. SDR and roll? is just one episode a week. One episode a week, and it's hard and, enough and how to. How long book is it? An hour. An hour. Oh, and right. I'm that's I'm right. somewhat because uh, I come from radio. You know, I had a show that was on a hundred stations. And, but uh, what's it called? It was tour called bus. the Tour Bus. Yeah, tour and bus. I did that for most of my adult life, and on from Maine out to Hawaii. I started it the the biggest independently owned rock radio show ever. I just we never got I Clear Channel or one of the other companies i never wanted to do that we i programmed it myself chose the music picked the bands interviewed whoever i wanted very unique animal to right. do that most of my adult life i was blessed to have that ability early podcast sort of yeah but it was uh you know on terrestrial radio it was what? on regular radio oh, okay you know and it was all over the country it was on you know about and the height it was 97 stations but uh radio just started to die Incredible. and i just realized that oh nobody gives a shit about radio anymore and it was evident by you I used, think that I, 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 it still matters? No, radio. I don't think so. I, don't, I think it matters to the wrong people. Like I think record labels think it matters because they're all run by people that have not adopted. But radio doesn't matter. It does not matter. YouTube matters. Uh, you know anything you can do vi- virally, be it an Instagram or a uh-huh. or some sort of TikTok thing right now that yeah. matters. Getting played on radio, you're not going to make a hit for yourself. Getting played on radio it doesn't matter anymore. Not really. even the big channels. Doesn't yeah. matter. Doesn't matter. I don't think so. You better to have if you get if you're saying let's say um. Uh, a, a song on Z100 reaches in America in New York City. That I'm sure their metric is idiotically flawed, but let's say it's six million people. They say they reach, which I doubt is true. I'd rather you have six million listens on a YouTube video. Right. If you're comparing the metrics to be equal, mm. you know that means a lot more than what they say they reach. So it's all about you know quantifying equal like kind. Yeah. You know if, you, if the, the like kind metric, YouTube is far more valuable to you, mm-hmm. and you're gonna get more people in seats from if your podcast grows to six million that they say they reach, mm. you're going to get far more people fo- following you around town, buying your album, showing up at shows than they ever would because you got played at a fucking radio station that's just played ancillarily in the background. Nobody seeks out radio. They seek out a podcast. They're an active listener. They downloaded podcast app. They looked up Joseph Arthur. They hit subscribe and play. They did five steps to get to you mm-hmm. versus a passive listener where it's just on in the car. Right. It means nothing. Right. The quality of your listener is a hundredfold. Mm. How'd you get into radio in the first place? Uh, hilariously, I was a strip club DJ for a very long time. Man, I and can see that. Yeah, nice. I did it for a very wow. long time. And I uh, was... Cons- Candy to the... All that stupid shit. Uh, everyone asks me to do that. I just fucking okay, don't do it anymore. You know, but okay, it's, like, it's like someone asking you to do <laughs> sing your hit. Or whatever. Just like, fuck you. you know? I picture you in the sun. <laughs> um, wandering. What went wrong? See, I'll do it. You'll do it. But I'll you, play But along. here's the thing. You're only doing it because you wanted to prove a point. If a guy asked you to do it, That's you true. probably wouldn't do it. <laughs> Maybe not. <laughs> so... Um, Candy to the... Tequila stage. Tequila stage. I suck. Yeah, okay. you do. You're terrible at it. All right. <laughs> so, yeah. you, so you I was, started there. Yeah, and I was How very good at it. I did it way too long because it was good money and it was spoon-fed vagina. So it was hard oh to say no God, to it. You know? That's rough. It was 15 that's, years. But it was... Wow. Like, I was... But the I did other things. stories you could tell. Oh, so many. Yeah, so I could tell you a couple of great ones. But, wow. Uh, Go I, for it. My favorite we, one... We are on a podcast. <laughs> so this was the catalyst. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
<laughs> our listeners downloaded yeah. the app, found the podcast. No, they don't want to hear stories. Listening. They yeah. deserve at least one, <laughs> of, these one of these stories. <laughs> so I did it for 15 years, yeah. and I got to the hilarious uh, level of being one, considered one of the best strip club DJs in the country, mm-hmm. which is who gives a fuck about that? It means nothing, right? But they would fly me around the country to train That's wild. DJs to be better because when I worked, the club would make thirty to forty percent more money. So and they you're want good me with there. charity that way too. I've yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. The girl charity, right? The dancer. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A little, little flip of the word, but yes, yeah. I, I work for a couple of cancer charities, and I always give back half the money because I don't want to. Yeah. I feel weird taking money from a charity. That's nice. But um, so one of the things that you do when you when you show up is you walk into this dressing room yeah. and you make a list of all the girls that are there, so you know how to prepare rotation of who's going up on stage first, second, mm-hmm. third, whatever, right? And they have in the back room what they call a house mom, which is like the den mother of the girls to make sure no one steals shit. The madam. The madam, if you will. Yes, exactly. And uh, I walk in the back room and there are these two girls fucking screaming at each other and the house mom trying to separate them. And I'm just, it's also surreal because everyone's half naked. Mm -hmm. It's bizarre, right? And um, I piece together that the Russian girl was accusing the Puerto Rican girl of stealing three hundred dollars, mm-hmm. right? So they're checking her bag, they're checking her g-string, her locker, and they can't find it. But the Russian girl had been there for like a year. The Puerto Rican girl was her first day, right? So they were inclined to believe the Russian girl. And then the house mom, who was a former dancer herself, but was like sixty-five now, mm-hmm. says to the Puerto Rican girl, "I'm pretty sure I know where you have it." The Puerto Rican girl pulls down her g-string mm-hmm. and goes, "Go ahead and check me." Then the the, uh, the house mom puts her hand up her vagina wow. and pulls out three hundred dollars. No, right? And then, <laughs> oh my god! And the Russian girl takes the money off the floor and just puts it in her purse. Wow! So that whole sur- surreal scene. I went in and I wrote the first twenty pages of my book about being a strip club DJ. Wow! That I got a deal for, and then this fucking dumb book publicist, pu- publicist wasn't happy with the offer and held out for more, and then we get lost the deal and it never came out. Damn. But, uh, yeah, that was the catalyst for it. I couldn't believe what I was watching. That's incredible. Well, there's no, it's never too late to make that book. Yeah, but it's, it's a little like most of my stories were 90s related because I've been out of that business now for 12 years, 15, 12, 13 right. years. So it just now, it feels, if I read, I've read it through not that long ago, and it was like it would need a real punch up because it feels like a moment. In, unless you rewrite it to be like a moment in time. Yeah, it's, of a, period, then, it's a period A period piece, piece so yeah. um, which thank God it wasn't a period piece when they took ah. out the money. hi um, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> He's quick. He's quick. He's been doing this yeah. a while. Right? We're sitting here with a professional. All right. All right, that's why we brought him on, to yeah. teach us. So I was <laughs> a free lesson, basically. <laughs> so I was doing radio. I was doing the, the strip club, right? And yeah. I had left the city because city hours were killing me. It worked till 5 in the morning. Mm-hmm. And I decided to go to some club in Jersey that closed at 2. And I'd be home by 3 o'clock. Yeah, right? there are more bonkers out in Jersey, aren't they? Yeah, but it's also, it wasn't new. It wasn't um, top. It was a go-go club. Yeah. It was a little cleaner, but also th- there was a dissension into madness of like when you first when I first started, there was no touching. The VIP room was behind a rope. Right. So there was no like now there I've been into a strip club in the past couple of years. There's a fucking condom dispenser in the bathroom. Right. You know, I just dissented into once one club was like, well, we're gonna let the girls give hand jobs in the in the back yeah. to get more customers. Then the next club was like, well, we're gonna let them give blowjobs. Well, right. we're gonna let them fuck. And now it's just it's a shit show. Yeah. When I was doing it, there was no touching whatsoever. Right. The, the allure is what made it cool. Right. Once you have sex with the girl, then your desire to, you know, it changed that dynamic. You know, yeah. when, when you know every girl's attainable, 
in, as a strip club customer, it changed the dynamic. But right. anyway. Did you ever work at Scores? Yeah, I was one of the first DJs at Scores and when it, it was on 60th Street. Was it really all, it was like hyped up? It was crazy. Thing? Yeah, but Pure Platinum was the number one club. I worked at Stringfellas Pure Platinum, and that was making more, more money than any club of any kind in the world at the time. Sold more alcohol, was making like, I think it was almost at the time, which we're going back 93, I think it was doing half a million dollars a week. And in, in sales of just like alcohol, not including anything else, it was crazy. It was nuts. What was and celebrities were going in every week. It, it was a it was it was a crazy time. But did you get fucked up when you were doing? I never that? did drugs. You didn't do drugs. Nothing. No, you never didn't touch coke. I would get it, say thank you, and then give it to someone else. Wow. Same thing. I was a DJ at Limelight, which was like the biggest rock club yeah. ever, and was a promoter there. That saved your ass. That you yeah. never. I got never did. And the same thing too. would happen there. Guys, bands would give me drugs. And, thank you, dude, and then just give it to someone else. I just right. never did anything. That's why I do. Uh, uh, on SDR, not to get off on a tangent, but um, I try a drug once a year. Oh right, right? he does a drug. He he tried. You tried cocaine. I've on tried. Your show. Uh, I did an edible. Yeah. I did mushrooms. I did Molly, which turned out did to be crystal like, meth. Did, oh really? Yeah. And then we did Molly, Molly, <laughs> and then I did cocaine. So right. I did five drugs in five years. And how? What was I hated it? everything. Oh, okay. I hated. You did everything. you hated it? Well, I hated it. Mushrooms too. I hate, so did you do a heroic dose of mushrooms? No, I did a like a regular piece? dose, of like whatever a dose for my but body you tripped weight. Tripped Yeah, I definitely did. Yeah, but that's like a six-hour thing. That's the problem. I don't want anything to. Were last you six on hours. air for six hours? No, we yeah. did it. Um, we took it like ten minutes before the show started. We did. Yeah. It. If a drug takes a while to kick in. Like Coke is instantaneous, so we did it on the show. It is. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, it's all new to me. Hey, it's all new. <laughs> but the other stuff, we took like twenty minutes before the show started, so right. we, it would kick in while we were recording. So what was that like? The Molly the episode. You might have got emotional. And like, yeah, I, I was. Well, I was. I know like, for the the edibles, I blacked out. With the mushrooms, you're probably like, I think out? I bit like off I, more than I can chew. The like. the, the mushrooms. <laughs> sorry, the the edible. Yeah. Had a mic stand that was like a, a regular table mic stand, uh -huh. and it was the only thing that held my face up. Right, like I went like this and zonked out, and and then the, the microphone held my table, held my face up. The mu the mushrooms I was drooling. Right, I don't know what actually was. We weren't videotaping at that time, but right. I was drooling. Um, so what was going on emotionally with the mushrooms? I, you know, I don't Did really you... remember it too much. I just remember yeah. thinking the TV was talking to me, right. and I just I had the girl I was dating there to like help calm me, so she was like yeah. massaging me and. It felt fine. I just don't like any it, six, seven hours. It's just too fucking long. Right. You know, I just, I hated that. The crystal meth, I was up for three days. That's That crazy. was fucking horrible. The Molly was the one I could say, oh, I get this. I could see this could be a thing. Yeah. But again, it just, it lasted too fucking long to me. And right. I just, I don't want, and I, I know for me, one or two drinks, I'm in a place that I'm happy. Yeah. And I still only drink maybe once or twice a week. And that's yeah. at most, and I'll have two drinks and I'm fine. I don't. God, I wish I was like that. Yeah, I just, Fuck. I just am super OCD with all shit like that. But anyway, to get back, just to put a button on the first story. Right. So I was working at a strip club in Jersey, and um, I hear this guy work the twelve to seven shift. Uh -huh. So it was twelve to seven, seven to two, and um, he was had a great voice. But I could just tell being in the strip club business for a long time, he didn't know what the fuck he was doing, mm -hmm. but he had a great voice. And I started talking to him about where are you coming from, blah, blah, blah. And he was a radio DJ that was trying to make a little extra money on the weekends. Mm -hmm. So I said, dude, I'll make you a deal. I'll teach you everything you need to know about this. Get me a meeting with someone in the radio station. Right. So it was a station up in, Nor in uh, Sussex, New Jersey, uh, somewhere like middle of New Jersey. And it was like an hour and a half from my house. I went there and he said... Um, you can come by and train with the midnight guy. He works midnight to, uh, sorry, the guy that ends at midnight, from 11 to midnight, come every night for a week, which is like, fuck you, I'm an hour and a half away, but okay, I want to do this. So come work mm -hmm. 11 at midnight with him, and if it goes well, we'll give you an overnight shift here or there. 
right? Mm-hmm. So I go there, and the guy that's working uh, till midnight is just fighting with his girlfriend off air on the, on the in-studio uh, phone before we had cell phones, really. We kind of had cell phones, but not really. And he's screaming at it, like, you fucking bitch. And then he'd hang up the phone and go, all right, you're listening to WNNJ, Celtics New Jersey. Like, I was like, what the fuck is happening right now? And he's making me just sit in the corner and not training me at all. Right. And I'm just sitting there like an idiot. Just watching. Just watching him. And then the overnight guy is supposed to show up at a quarter to midnight and did not show up. Mm-hmm. And his last break was at 22. And he just looked at me and he's, you know what, dude? Good luck. And he just left me there with no training. But I had done, because I was a strip club DJ, I understood basic board work and shit like that. So I just said, all right, fine. I did midnight to seven. And then the program director came in at seven in the morning. He goes, what the fuck are you doing here? I told him the story. He goes, well, I guess you got a job. And that's how I started in radio. That's amazing. And then six months, not even six months. I started in, in November. So four months. By January, I got my own show. Yeah. doing 80s rock songs like because i was at the time we're talking 1998 uh 80s rock was not played on radio yeah. but i played at the strip club put on a guns and roses song or a van halen song places would go the place would go crazy but rock radio was doing only classic rock mm. which now it's considered classic rock, but in, then it wasn't so you wouldn't hear any of that but i could say people were going nuts for this shit you need to play this on the radio yeah. so he said you can have your own two-hour show but you need to find somebody to do it with you because you've been doing radio for th- three weeks now, four weeks. So I pitched the idea to the guy that helped me get a job. And then in January of 99, we launched the tour bus. And it became the number one show on that station. Then we moved to the number one station in Jersey called WDHA. And within a year from me never doing radio, I had a radio show that was on about 10, sta- 10 stations yeah. and grew to 100 stations. Wow. Crazy. It was really crazy. Incredible. But there's so many like... I could go on for hours. Yeah. Crazy things that happened that I can't believe we were able to make happen to get to that point. So, like what? For instance, um, sounds like right place in the right time. Yes and no, but it's also about making your own fucking things make, happen. Make your own luck. So a lot of people would have shit the pants, shit their pants when they said, "Go ahead, good luck, go yeah. do it yourself." They're saying, "I'm not. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing." Right? But um, so we signed with this syndication company. Well, go back one at NNJ. The ratings come out four times a year. And the program director says to me, oh, the book came out, man. You guys didn't really, nothing really changed, you know, but you can keep doing the show if you want. But, you know, there was no change in the, in the ratings. I was like, well, that's fucking weird because we went from no phone calls to like 50, 100 phone calls throughout the night. I've run into people that tell me they listen. I can't believe this to be true. Right. And then a friend of mine, because at the time, and still this way, radio stations are clustered. There's like six or seven. There's a country station, a rock station, all in one building, right? And the country guy was a friend of mine, and he knew the password to the computer in the office and he goes i don't believe that and he right. printed them out and we went from last place to first place and we quadrupled our tsl time spent listening and the guy just didn't want us to leave didn't so he fucking you. lied and didn't right. want to pay us so we moved to the biggest station in jersey uh-huh. so i was like fuck you guys we took the ratings and said look what we did in one book we can do this year and it happened again there and then i just looked around the office for discarded syndicated radio things and i just mocked it and sent our show out to syndication companies and got a deal and then they signed us and six months into that we weren't on a single show a single other channel Mm. we were syndicatable but we weren't syndicated Mm. and i was like you know what fuck this i did my show on saturday nights right after the show i drove to miami with my partner on the way down just turning the radio station dial if they played anything that fit for what we did i wrote down the call letters and the town we were in and then when I got to Miami, I made 100 phone calls, wow. set up 20 meetings, came back with 11 stations, and then got back before the next show on that Saturday. 
And I called the syndication company and said, how did I get 11 stations in a week and you guys got nothing for six months? So we quit them and I just started syndicating the show myself. So where did you get this, uh, this I don't know, That's next volition? Where did you get this like... Uh, I don't know. Drive or the, yeah, drive. I guess like, or the, is this coming from a parent or like? Well, what's funny is I had an interesting upbringing in yeah. that my parents got divorced when I was four and a half, uh -huh. something like that, and my father was worth went on to be worth a crazy amount of money. Right, like, we're talking hundreds of millions of dollars. Right? Is that all? Yeah, and my mom had pretty much nothing, <laughs> and I would live with my mom Monday through Friday, and then go be flown somewhere or go to some. What did that do? Real estate. Okay. But that dichotomy made me realize of A, how different people treat you when you have money, which I fucking hated. Like, I ne like my dad got me a car when I graduated, uh, mm -hmm. was graduating high school. I wouldn't take it to, to high school. I didn't want anyone to know right. that I had money. It's like, I didn't have money. My dad had money. But um, right. I didn't want people to know that. You came from money. That it came from money. And still to this day, the perception is that, oh, my dad left me everything, and I, I got nothing. He left everything to his wife, right? And um, <clears throat> Whose perception is that? The, people think that because the, the network was started by me, yeah. that I just, I mean, it is, was self-funded, yeah. but it was from money that I made. Right. You know, it wasn't from my dad's spoon, here's $20 million, good okay. luck to you, yeah. you know? Um, but I think that seeing all the greatness, like, and he was good to me in a lot of ways. He paid for my college. Yeah. He helped me out throughout life here and there. You know, I wasn't going to go starving. Right. But, um, it just made me have a drive more, I think. Uh -huh. Although my twin brother doesn't have that same drive. drive. He's much more content. And it's just how you're wired. It doesn't mean it's right or wrong. You know, having the, like, I get antsy yeah. if uh, I don't, I'm not doing something constantly. Yeah. You know, like the, the whole studios that we have, the first studios was in my house. I didn't know how to do anything. I just built, I never built a computer before, but I was like, we can save 40% if we build a computer. All right. I watched some videos and built the computer. Right. I made the table. I don't know the fuck I was doing. Just figure it out. Mm -hmm. Worst thing that happens, you fuck up and you start over. And it happened three times when I was building the computer that I realized, oh, I fucked something up. I had to disassemble everything and redo it again. Building the computer? I've never even yeah. heard anybody say that. Yeah, I saved so much money. Yeah. Yeah, build your own. <clears throat> yeah. I don't know what that means. <laughs> I, got, I went to the Mac store. <laughs> this is what, that's me building a computer every time and all that without a manager it was all no you, that's the other you, thing like you. yeah i try to i've never and i think that and i've made this mistake so many fucking times yeah. which is i go like for instance with, with sdr uh -huh. it's the sdr show i don't market myself i've always yeah. been dumb that way i did it with the tour bus and radio show when i had was running rock clubs it was called monkey business and mm -hmm. never marketed myself for whatever reason i think it's just that i don't like I hate going on Instagram and all that. I just hate doing that. I don't like to be front-facing, but I do like this. Yeah. And I love to bullshit. You know, I love to talk and... Well, this is a form of marketing yourself anyway. True, but it's never been my name first. Mm -hmm. You know, it's always been the show first. Yeah. You know, and I think that uh, that's been a mistake of mine my whole okay. life is that I should have promoted myself Well, you're more. still a spring chicken, bro. Uh, we're both... Well, I'm... Uh, what am I, a year older than you? I guess. I'm going to be 50 on New Year's Eve. I'm and, 48. Uh, did you tell your uh, producer about how I humiliated you oh, in my studio? Man. No. I, I was injured. <laughs> Do tell. <laughs> we arm wrestled. We arm wrestled. He oh, won. Really? But left yeah. and right. Left oh. and right. Because we're both 6'5". I know. I just thought I would just tear him up. Yeah, he showed me his abs. I mean... And he said he's stronger than me. I am stronger no, than you. but he looks heavier. Built. I'm bigger. I'm just girthier. Yeah, you know? yeah but I... I, I I want to. We got to go again. We got to <laughs> go again. It was like this, by the way. Boink. Okay, let's do no, the other one. Let's Boink. do it again. Let's do this it. This table is gonna fall over. You don't want right, to do it on this on, table. One, one time. You want to do it on this table. Just and if if it if it falls over, it's not my fault. Watch out for the for the. Now hold on. This time we got to do it like right handed. Right handed, and make sure. See, you're a 
Yeah. Joe, he's just bigger. Hey, don't put that psychology <laughs> in there. Are you ready? Hold on, I'm not ready. One, two, three. Oh! Let me not count that. I don't want to break this table. Oh, my God. Wow. All right. Wow. For those listening, Ralph. Ralph destroyed <laughs> me at armrest. And that's my right hand. I'm a left-handed. Okay, do you have to rub it in? I'm just telling you, like, look, <laughs> but Jesus let, me, let me say this, though. He was the one <laughs> that like, said he's stronger than me when we started this. I, I still show. think I'm stronger than you. Well, based on that metric, I think you're wrong. <laughs> based on that metric, I'm wrong. Okay. I think you're definitely a better cardio strength than me, you know? I think that you're in better shape than me. Let's plank. I don't think I'd win that. You would not. No, win I don't think that. I'd win that. Again, that's more cardio strength, core strength. That's core strength. Yeah, and cardio. I think it's both. It's it's but fuck. How do you get better at arm wrestling? I don't know. I just know that <laughs> I I'm a like bigger that. dude. I don't know what to say. Uh, I'm sure like also I'm sure I'm sure I could bench press more than you, but that doesn't mean anything. Do you lift weights? I work out, but I just when my my dad died like three years ago. Sorry. And I it's gonna happen to all of us, so I appreciate it though. Yeah. But um I got into a depression, I gained like 50 pounds, you know, yeah. and I'm still now trying to lose it. Uh -huh. I'm in the worst, not now the worst shape of my life, but I went on to, I should be like 240. That's right. like my comfortable weight. Yeah. I went to 296 uh -huh. and now I'm like 270. Oh, you're two. See, I'm like 170. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. You weigh I'm 100 a, pounds I'm more I'm bigger than, than you. That's what I said. I See, in my head, I'm as big as you. Yeah. Well, yes, that's a bad place to that, be. That means true. I'm delusional. You're very delusional. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well, you need to work okay, on your self-awareness. a little better that you weigh at least a whole hundred pounds yeah. more. Than I, I, I used to be right. your, your weight, but I looked anorexic, you know, uh, because you have a, we have different frames. I'm just, yeah. I'm wider. Yeah. So it just, uh, it's what it is. But we uh, both are 15s, which is yeah. surprising. That's right. 50, size 15. Yeah. I also, by the way, I have a twin brother and he is 5'7". Oh, we look really? nothing alike. We're, I was born New Year's Eve. He was born January 1st. Yeah. So twins born in different years. But because I was born in 69, we're twins born in different decades. Mm. Really weird. Never happened before. So when you started the podcast, was like Mark Maron of influence on you in that way? I had never listened to podcasts. I, I was into Mark Maron. I really wasn't. Long. So what happened was... Everyone was from Yeah, there. I went on that. I never got into it. You did? Really? Yeah, cool. I went on it. Yeah, he interviewed me. He's a cool so dude. He's a very cool dude. I mean, I like him a lot. Him and Joe Rogan in the... Uh, I love Joe Rogan too. Yeah, I would love to be on that show one day. That's my and goal. Joe Rogan's been in your studio. He's been in my, he rented my studios. Well, how did that happen? It's all... Uh, ancestral in a bit way that a lot of the comics on my show have done on my network have done his show uh -huh. and then my my business partner not my co-host of, of sdr but he as my co has been on two or three times joe uh big joe Christian, right oh right i've seen him on uh on joe Rogan yeah he's done joe Rogan two or three times but then so has dave smith and so has Luis uh, Gomez. So Luis J. Gomez, he likes his middle initial. Mm -hmm. Them three have a podcast together called Legion of Skanks that's also on the network. Uh, I've seen, and they've I, done I, that I, twice. I've seen, right? I've seen them on Right. So yeah. through all that, there's a relationship with Joe and my business partner, Luis. Mm -hmm. When he was in town for UFC to host an event, he needed a place to interview with uh, Artie Lang. Artie. And he just asked if we could use our studios. Yeah. And that's, that's cool. how they came about. So Did you meet Joe? Yeah. I met him. I've met him once before in LA, mm -hmm. but. Um, you know, he's he's definitely the gold standard. Uh-huh. He's so good at he's it. He's very good at it. But the, the truth is, is that he, he also got into it 
extremely early. Right. Whereas now, if he started today, yeah, he would just be a great podcast that no one really listens to because there's a million podcasts. Do you think it's possible for podcasts to rise up? Out oh, of sure. The muck yeah, now? of course. How would you recommend, like, for instance, us doing that? Well, I think that a. And do you think we're doing a decent job? Yeah, I've watched a couple of shows. I really like the, the Jeffrey Gaines one because I'm a big fan of Jeffrey. Uh, that's cool. That yeah. was a, that was kind of a wacky one. Yeah, he's wacky. I like he's him. Wa- he's wa- yeah. and I also like him uh, you interviewed uh, William from. Uh, Oh, yeah. I was the same day I did. Yeah. And it was cool to watch that one. Right. And then I watched one other. I watched three of them. I forgot. The other one was an old English actor dude. I forgot his name. Oh, I forgot his name. Michael right DeBar? Yes. Yeah. 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 All three of those I watched. Um, I think you have a good, a good format here. The key is this. A, uh, what I like about you, before I even get into it, because you're a musician mm-hmm. that is a respected musician, you're going to come at it from an angle that I would never come at. Right. We're right? different. Yeah. So that, that alone is unique. It's a, it's a great thing. It, Similar a little bit to the show on my network with the um, the singer of Hatebreed. His name is Jamie Josta. Uh-huh. And then the the uh, singer-guitarist of Machine Head. They both have shows on my network. Okay. Um, but Josta more, because Machine Head is more, they're talking about their tour. They're talking about their inner band conflicts. And they bring on roadies to resolve differences on the air, which is funny. Yeah. But um, Josta interviews other musicians. Uh-huh. So having a musician interview a musician is just going to be a different interview. And that's what I liked about, the, the, especially the, the Gaines and the, and the Duval one, yeah. is that you came into it from a different angle than I would. Okay. And that I like a lot. Mm-hmm. I think that you also sent me the clip, clip the one-minute clip, Panther. that I never saw you do that before on your on your own Instagram, unless I missed it. Yeah, um, we do that every, 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 every episode. Ehud does those. Right, so you should always do that. Two yeah, of we, those a week. You should put a, a YouTube clip out every week. And then that concept of ABP, always be promoting. You know, I, For a long time... I'm out of them right now, but I'm going to reprint them. I never left my house without stickers. Uh-huh. Right? I would consider put them up at least two or three places every week That's a good uh, or every day. And then I would. I don't do this again as much now either because once you get a certain metric, you get a little lazy. Yeah. But um, <laughs> I used to consider my day a failure if I didn't get at least 10 new people to subscribe to my show just based on walking around the city. Wow. So the, the, the story that I've told a million times is I did uh, jury duty. I got, a, I got stuck to jury duty and I got 11 other people to sign up to my podcast. Yeah. What are we doing? We're yeah. here talking for an hour. All of you should just subscribe to my podcast. And right. that concept of always be promoting is essential if you want to, if you want to differentiate yourself from a landscape that is uh, increasing exponentially. The only way to differentiate yourself besides putting out quality content. Look, you know from, from a musician point of view, right. you give it out the best record in the world. Uh-huh. Doesn't mean it's going to find a, a home right. unless you're out there fucking letting people know constantly. Yeah. And you're, everybody is one fucking good clip away from going viral. It's interesting that you say that because I think like a lot of people like sleep on what you're talking about, just that like really just straight up like human interaction one-on-one, mm-hmm. like you said, leaving the house, getting 10 people that escaped me and now I'm going to like take that and run with it because it's true like because you're on this internet and we're so hyped up on the internet and that's how everything happens you can kind of like sleep on the fact that just one-on-one real life human interaction is still a thing and I'll give you a great metric for that or comparison to that we have we have a show on the network we used to have two but now just one of Instagram famous people right one has two million listeners uh, sorry two million instagrammers Mm -hmm. and one had like 1.2 and i'm like what if we get fucking five percent of their audience yeah we're gonna be killing it off out of the gate with these guys you know you with 20,000 30,000 listeners you can make money you know once you get over 15 20,000 you can make money and um 
Although I think you can make money with less. I was making money with 800 listeners when we started, right? right. But um, neither one of them have lit the town on fire. They're getting less than 1%. One of them we had to drop. And the reason is that people don't really jump platforms that much. Right. So your Instagrammer wants to stay on Instagram. Your YouTuber wants to stay on YouTube. To get them to say, oh no, now you have to close the YouTube app and start listening to my podcast, it's not going to happen. Right. I mean, it does but a far more lower metric than doing what you did, like coming on another podcast yeah. or getting other people on your podcast that are going to tweet out and promote it to other podcasters. Yeah. That's why like when there's a show on my network that whenever they do Joe Rogan, mm -hmm. their podcast numbers double or triple or quadruple right. because every one of those people are podcast listeners. Yeah. So you want to reach more than anything else. Yeah, you want to build everything, but you want to reach podcast listeners more mm -hmm. than anything else. How else do you do that? By going on other podcasts. Yeah. That's the best way to do it. How do you go about finding sponsors and whatnot? So for me, when we this started is something we're looking yeah, for. When we started SDR, I had I think we had like eight hundred or a thousand listeners per episode, which mm -hmm. is, you know, again, the average podcast has less than two hundred listeners. Mm -hmm. So if you have more than that, congratulations, you're in the top ten percent of podcasting, right? Mm -hmm. There's a million podcasts, you get rid of nine hundred thousand, now you're in the loop of the, the lump of a hundred thousand podcasts because you have more than two hundred li listeners per We're episode. We're a little over five hundred. Okay, so you're in still in that in to get to the top five percent, then you're in the um you have to have ten like ten thousand listeners. And then to get in top 2%, it's like 50,000. And that top 1% is when you get into the Joe Rogan worlds and whatnot. Even, but even keep in mind, 1% of a million is still a lot of fucking podcasts. Yeah. You know? But anyway, I just did a very logical thing for my show, Sex, Drugs, and Rock and Roll. I went to some fucking local strip clubs and said, look, we're getting 1,000 listeners in New Jersey. You should sponsor our show. And it was like, like just give me 100 bucks a month just to pay for my hosting and some beer money. What do I fucking care? Mm -hmm. And that's how we got our first sponsor, just cover the bills. And that's instead of looking to sign some $10,000 a month deal, just get something. Right. Then you could also do as and much. And what would you do? Like promote the yeah, club? Yeah, you, you promo like, I promoted the club. And we did like we broke girls in and we uh, did a stupid shit with them. But like you guys, obviously, A, a musician, there's many areas in that world. This venue might be a great way that you, I don't know, if you do it here regularly, it could become a thing. You know, where yeah. that you say you promote the venue. There's so many ways for the, for the lowest hanging fruit, where mm -hmm. you just get, don't try and light the world on fire, just right. get a get something. Mm -hmm. And then once you get something, then it starts to become easier. You get two or three baby deals, and now you're paying for every, you're paying a salary to each person, not a, not a crazy, enough to just cover the bills. And right. then when you get to that next metric of 5,000 or whatever, you tell these people it's time to renegotiate. You know, we, we're at a new level now. And then the 20,000 is what most of the ad sales companies look at. But I think once you have, if you have 10,000, you can make money. That metric of the CPM rate, which is cost per thousand and being the Roman numeral for a thousand, is generally 18 to $20. Yeah. So every thousand listeners is about, let's just say for easy math, $20. Yeah. So if you have 10,000 listeners, a $200 ad for, for, for basics. Of course, you being a, uh, again, to keep focusing on the fact that you are an artist who has a core fan base, mm -hmm. by a going after people that are within that wheelhouse you can probably command a higher CPM rate for that reason. Just like when Josta, we get a, uh, we have headphones. They, they want Josta to talk about the headphones. They want Michael Bisbing, former middleweight champion of the UFC, to talk about a weight loss regimen mm -hmm. or something like that, or right. the Peloton or whatever the fuck it is, because it's so on brand. Right. So that, when you get an on brand sponsor, is going to be far more money than getting stamps.com. Right. Because there's a disconnect. Not saying you still can't get money from them and you still can't get them to come on board, but an on-brand sponsor is going to be worth more money for them. 
right. more money for you. Yeah. You know, and then and then also we work really diligently with the sponsor to make sure that they're happy. Right. And we do uh, constant check-ins. We send them the, 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 the clips. We do extra content on Instagram. We do things to make them feel like, holy shit, really did we get a value? Did we get something out of this? So then you want people to come back. Most of our sponsors have been on for a couple of years, you know, yeah. and then they're seeing a seven to 10 time uh, ROI, return on their spend, you know? So they're getting, if they spend a thousand and they did $10,000 a month in ad sales, um, in, in sales from, from our discount code, why would they not stay on? Right. You know, so that's, it's all about starting incrementally. Everybody, again, just like you said before about starting yeah. a podcast. Everybody wants to be, they want to go viral like right. out they, the gate. Exactly. And if they don't, they're like, oh, yeah, fuck, fuck it, this. it didn't happen. If you're oh, getting well. into it for that reason, yeah, yeah. then you should get the fuck out of this right. business. It's, it's the a, wrong business. It's a long run. Let me ask you a personal question. Did your dad see your success and did he value it? Or did, it's funny. Was, was there tension there? Uh, no, no. I mean, we had a, a good relationship, but... um. I, it's a, it's a, a depressing story, but oh, I'll, I'll tell you this: it's fine. I mean, it, it, I'm, I'm fine with it. You know, I mean, look, people people die. It's sad, whatever. Yeah. But he was like in a hospice, right. and it was like this three years ago. Now the network only started three and a half years ago, mm -hmm. and I remember which uh, at the time like I told him, "We dad, we just did a, a twenty thousand dollars sale wow. for the month of uh, whatever month it was." And he's what like, you, twenty thousand dollars, like an ad sale, an ad. like some some buy. I don't remember what it was Amazing. exactly, and he was like. Really? Like he was so happy about oh, that because my dad was so focused on my dad was hyper focused on money. Right. And uh, to hear that, it, like he, I could see it in his eyes. Even though he was kind of out of it at that point, yeah. he was like really happy. Yeah. And I still now, um, his brother, my uncle, they were business partners. I'm still close to him, okay. and he calls me every week to want to know the lowdown of where we're at, and because they don't understand. Like even my dad didn't know what a podcast was. They right. radio, he could turn it on and listen. He understood when I was on radio, you mm -hmm. know. But a podcast just didn't make sense to him, you know. But right. That was a nice moment that I got to have that That's nice. before he passed. Yeah, you know, maybe nice. maybe it was literally like a week before he passed or two weeks before he passed. That's cool. Well, yeah. That's a sad story. Yeah, but it's a nice yeah. story in a it way. Got nice to, you, know, you got to hear it, you know. When did you decide to make the leap to like bring in other podcasts to your network and, and, and go from just being like your own right. podcast to like being a network? Well, what's funny is that I looked at it as a logical extension of what I was doing in radio. Mm -hmm. Radio, I'm on a hundred small stations. Right. You collectively have, at the time, I think we had it, well, at our height, a half a million listeners a week. Yeah. But each station on their own was, I, I don't mean be mean, but they were like shitty little stations. Uh -huh. A station with 5,000 listeners, 10,000 listeners is not a great station. It's in the middle of fucking Snohomish, Washington. Right. Who gives a shit? Yeah. But when I say, no, you don't understand, this ad is on all of these stations at once. You're getting nationwide coverage. Mm -hmm. So it commanded more money. Then you start. You can make money in syndication, right? That mm -hmm. you know. Although, in, like, if you're going to get in radio now, if you're not on, on in New York, LA, or Chicago, or you know Miami or Philly, whatever, you're not going to make money. There's no money. But mm -hmm. if you get a few hundred stations together, you can make some money. Mm -hmm. So the thought was, well, I already have the equipment. I already have my studio in my house, and I'm already doing SDR there. And at the time, we had I think five thousand listeners, mm -hmm. right? So I said, well, if I could get four or five other shows with five thousand listeners. Then I have 25,000 listeners. We have that golden metric of 20,000 or more. I could go after sponsors. I could go after starting to make money. And we started with four shows. I think it was, was 10,000 listeners a week. Where did you get the shows? Um, so I and Lewis, my, my business partner, we would always swap ideas, uh -huh. right? And the original um, plan was we were going to open up a comedy club, 
but it was going to be a podcast comedy club. Uh-huh. We were going to call it The Pod. That's a good idea. And it was where every podcast would be live, but the stage would be like in the round. Mm-hmm. So there'd be, you'd go to watch a podcast live, but also we would do comedy. But the, the rents in New York are fucking insane, especially if you want to sell uh, alcohol. And just the money, the numbers never worked out. I was like, right. couldn't do it. But the concept of us working together, it's like, well, we should maybe do half of this, which yeah. is let's just start a podcast network. And the idea was, well, I'm already, there's no rent. I already have the equipment. You're just going to use my studio. What's the fucking difference? It, co- it cost us nothing. So we started with those four shows. And in the beginning, it was three shows on Monday, one show on Wednesday. So it was like a day that was bad for me in my right. apartment. Right. Fast forward a year later, we had 12 shows. There was 50 people in my apartment every week. I was going to lose my fucking mind. How big was your apartment? I still have it. It's uh, the same one. It's a uh, two-bedroom, two-bath. Uh-huh. But um, Which, by the way, for those that aren't in New York City. It's hard to find. <laughs> that's a huge apartment. Yeah. It's funny. I, I dated this girl from Italy. I dated this girl from Italy, and yeah. she was her first time in New York City. Mm-hmm. And I didn't wanted her to know that, no, you don't understand. This is, this a, is a great apartment yeah. for New York. Yeah. So I purposefully <laughs> met her first uh-huh. and said, oh, we got to go to my friend's house for a second. I got to pick something up. Just so she could see <laughs> what a normal person lives like. Man, you are too much. Yeah, I'm a, I get it. You got to use your strengths. When By you're the old. way, tell these people how you uh, how you find dates. Oh, it's the worst. This is like this is bad. So here, no, here it's not bad. Here's well, the thing. It's actually brilliant. Well, here's the thing. But it's also very Joseph bad. is a is a uh, respected <laughs> musician who can go on stage and any girl that sees you command the room is like, I want to fuck that guy. That's what happens, right? It's the nature of 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 being. Did you just raise your hand? Is that what happened? That's so cool. I knew that was happening. Um, and that's what happened, right? You're like, look at this guy commanding the fucking room. I want, I want to get a piece that's, of that. Uh, that's what happened, roll, right? Dude, yeah. It's when a you're in your, t- but it's but close I'll, enough. I'll, I'll go ahead. And, since I lost the arm wrestling, I'll, take, <laughs> I'll take this. When you're in your 20s or 30s, you're young and good looking and energetic and right, fun. Yeah. You could rely on that, right? Yeah, and yeah. that's enough. Yeah. But as you get old, you you got to play to your strengths. Mm-hmm. So your strength is, I'm a very talented musician. Mm-hmm. I don't have that strength, mm-hmm. right? I, if they listen to my podcast, they're not going to want to date me, Why right? Because I'm, oh, right. it's horrible. We do Why horrible not? things on my show, yeah, right? I so slightly. The, the trick is for me to figure out creative ways to engage a girl that normally wouldn't be engaged by this monster that you see before you. Come so on, on. we, uh, <laughs> I try and find girls creative ways. One of them is on Instagram mm-hmm. and I used, is that you talking about the NYC filter? Yeah, this is, yeah. this is the So thing. if you search what? the NYC or out. New York hashtag, you're going to see girls that are coming to New York for the first time because they're thrilled <laughs> to be in New York city. Right. And you just message them. I'm a great New York tour guide. Enjoy, I hope you're enjoying your first time in New York. I'm a great New York tour guide. Smiley face. 90% of them are going to just not respond. 10% will, mm-hmm. and you'll go on a date or two here or there, and that's mm-hmm. what will happen. And dating girls that I normally would never date, I'll say, like, I'll take you to Best Sushi in New York. I'll take you to uh, a secret bar that no one knows about, whatever the mm-hmm. fuck it is, and that's how I meet most of the women I date these wow. days. Those stupid little tricks. It used to be that um, I, you can't do this anymore, uh, but on uh, Tinder or, or Bumble, um, you could search the picture and find their, their Instagram, right? You can't do that anymore. Yeah. But uh, then if you talk to them on Instagram, you're just some dude that met them on Instagram, not some creep on Tinder. Uh, Little do they know I'm a much bigger creep yeah. than I'm going that route. But that kind of shit would work for me. You have to, pay to play to your strengths. You know what? You should write a book called A Hacker's Guide to Ecstasy. <laughs> You know, and hear all your little hacks because you got this mind that has. Yeah, I have to come up with creative ways to do things. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah. It's funny, but it, a lot of people look at it as creepy. 
but you work to your strengths. My strengths are I know food and New York better than anybody. Like I right. love secret hidden. There's a, I just tonight I'm taking a girl to an eight seat sushi bar that's hidden in the limelight. Wow. Okay, so you go through Did the you restaurant. Meet her on the hashtag NYC? I met her on the hashtag NYC. Unbelievable. And um, <laughs> she um they knew it they just be came an app. It yeah. Be an app. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it's limelight. I used to be a DJ at, so I have that whole story. The staff, there's some staff there that used to be there still from the old days. Mm-hmm. Can tell some limelight stories of when I hung out with Guns N' Roses and whatever the fuck. I right? wanted to ask you that. What about about when you said limelight, Pearl Jam? Every I was there. For, I was like, there for the Pearl Jam please, show. Some I was. I mean, I after lived. You're done with this. Yeah, but anyway. So yeah. So <laughs> just to, to wrap that up. So yeah. you go through. We love Axel stories. Yeah. I mean, I only met him once, but uh, I've Big been. Axel I, I was, Rose fans over here. I've met uh, Slash a few times, and everyone else in the band. I only met Axel once back then for like half a second. But in my radio days. I've never interviewed Axel. I interviewed everybody else but Axel in that band yeah. uh, for whatever reason. But um, yeah, just to, again, close that story. Yeah. There's a lot of like hidden little secret restaurants and bars and lounges that have great food that know me. When I walk in, they're like, oh, what's up? Great to see you. Here's your table, blah, blah, blah. You got to play to your strengths. That's my strength. Jay, my co-host, he's a comic. He goes mm-hmm. on stage. He kills. He's good. Girls are going to want him. You go on stage, you perform. Girls are going to want you. You got to go with what works. And maybe what works for you is that you're a painter or you're super passionate about w- w- fucking stamp Stuff. collecting, whatever it is. <laughs> if you have a passion mm-hmm. that conveys to someone that, Oh, right. this guy's really into this. And that is attractive. It just yeah. is. It is attractive. Is it not attractive? Yeah. yeah boom. Yeah. There you go. Boom. The opposite of apathy is attractive. I yeah. guess. So in, in yeah. pa- any passion, passion. anywhere uh, is attractive, right? If a guy, especially like, and, and even in, I wrote an art, I used to write these articles on dating, for this website called Social Underground. And one of them was, how do you date in a post Me Too world? Like how mm-hmm. do you hit on girls and stuff? And again, it's just like, just be aware. Mm-hmm. Don't be an asshole, you know? Right. And you can still, 90% of women, and again, you can say if I'm wrong or not, um, would prefer a guy to say, hey, I wanna take you to my favorite restaurant tonight. Instead of saying, hey, well, I don't know, what do you wanna do, right? right? No girl wants that for the most part. Yeah. Up, well, I don't know, what do you wanna do? That's why every, um, romance novel since the dawn of time is a guy on the cover who's like the shades of gray idiot or whatever it's they most not all i don't speak in universals but um they like a guy that has some uh confidence Mm -hmm. and some desire to say oh i want to do this with you i want to show you i want to take you to this they don't want i don't know i don't know and i don't want that right indecisiveness is not attractive uh so at limelight i was there i missed the heyday of limelight we started in 88 89 so really the the heyday of limelight rock and roll church was probably 85 to 88 mm-hmm. that's when the, I mean, the documentary focuses on that era and but i did get to experience it because i was also i was a nightclub dj first I, I was a nightclub promoter for the palladium and for mk and mars and club usa like dance clubs and then when i got around 19 18 19 i started to really fall in love with rock mm. i started to grow my hair long my hair was down on my ass oh really yeah and um i became obsessed with rock and roll and was running a rock club in Staten Island and then got hired to be the DJ slash like in-house promoters for Limelight. This guy, Nikki Camp, who I'm sure you know. Do you know Nikki Camp or no? Yeah, I think so. Nikki was the main promoter and we would be like a side promoter. And we DJed on, the, which was phenomenal. You DJed on the dais of the church, uh-huh. which is just really cool, right? Right. And, um, I remember a time when I was DJing. For those DJ- that don't know, Limelight's a, a church. A, a, an two- amazing club yeah. in NYC that was a church. And it's still open, but not as a club. Anymore. It's, a, it's a, uh, as I said, a restaurant. It's also, a, uh, there's a gym in there and a pizza place there now. But it was, it was insane. They, they got rid of that. It's just oh. pizza place, gym, and a restaurant in the back. 
But um, there was nothing like it. It was unbelievable. Sunday nights, any rock star within 50 miles were coming there on a Sunday night because it was the place to be. I remember DJing one night and looking out and Lenny Kravitz and Madonna were dancing on my floor. Mm -hmm. And this was in like 90 you know, in 90, 91, back, you know, back when it was like, holy shit. Back look, when that meant when that meant something. Say that meant something. Yeah, and it's like now, even, it's, it's it true. It still means something yeah. now. But oh, yeah. especially they were dancing together. But yeah. um, like even there was a time a couple of months ago where my phone, I had my phone on my table with this friend of mine and like uh, a couple of like 80s rock star guys happened to call me back to back just for whatever, they were coming to town, whatever. And I said, well, if this was 88, I'd be the fucking coolest guy in the world right now. But <laughs> now it's just kind of, oh, that's funny that that person called me. That Kip Winger called me. You know, I, like, I was going to uh, say uh, that. You know, or, or Don Dockin or whoever the fuck it is, you know. But in the, in the day. She's only 17. That's good. Look at you knowing 17. that. Were you a fan of that genre at all or no? Yeah, man. I mean, that was MTV. I that was classic days. Like, I was like, Winger, you know, poison. teenager. Come on. I still love all that shit. Yeah. And also, the. Me too. You will maybe disagree with this, but to me. Maybe not the song structure, but the musicianship mm-hmm. of those guys yeah. was an amazing. Yeah, Where, it was amazing. Yeah. Well, yeah. that was like part of the part of the aesthetic too. It was like G.I.T. guitar, right. like getting chops and right. all that. that. But even the singers, the bass the players, the yeah. drummers, they were all. I mean, guitars. You almost kind of like. It's almost like you understand. Of course, he's going to be a great guitarist. Do some showy shit, whatever. Right. But look at the singers from back in the day. That would, nobody's having these crazy ranges anymore. Like a like a Jeff Tate. Right. You know, I you don't Queens, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you don't favorite. you don't hear that anymore. Yeah. Yeah. There's no one like him. That, they were one of my favorites. And um, Operation Mindcrime. This, this, they like that was like a, the band that I waited online to buy the record the day it came out. You yeah. know. And then when are I was, they still doing it? They, they, they have Tate's a, doing it separate. separate. They have a oh, very right. very uh, tumultuous relationship now. Jeff it's Tate's really sad Tate's what's right. going on between them. Yeah. But then I became very friendly with them through my radio show. Mm-hmm. And then the the uh, rock cruise I host called Ship Rock for ten years that puts a bunch of bands on. Uh, Queens Rock played when they were still together. They were on the boat and yeah. which knowing this is just it's a I've said this I'm not saying anything that any of my fans don't know, but it's just a funny story to me to get closer to a band than you could ever get yeah. is that uh not only they were they were my favorite band right and then i ended up having sex with his daughter Wait. jeff tate's daughter Wait. so it just makes me feel like i have a connection whoa, with queen's whoa, right whoa 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 the <laughs> train just went up the tracks bro. so to have that connection i'm closer to the queen's right than you, anyone else can be that's true Wow, well, how'd that happen? Well, she's of age, not like she's 12. I, I, you know? I got, I, we gathered yeah. that. But I met her on the boat and we just <laughs> became friendly, you know, oh, and okay. just kind of funny. And it just, uh, it's his stepdaughter, but still, it's just funny to say that that happened to me. That, like, my favorite band, yeah. you know, like, loving Led Zeppelin, at one point I was friends with uh, Jason Bonham, John right. Bonham's, uh, yeah. so I didn't have sex with him, but when, uh, I mean, it was in a car with him and Wolf Mother came on and he goes, oh, this reminds me of my dad's band. Anybody else says that is like go fuck yourself. Right. He says that you're like, well, that's fucking cool as shit that he's talking about that. You know. Yeah. So those I've just always been super passionate about music, even though I'm the worst guitarist in the world. Are you still friends with? Uh, no, the- she's married now. She has oh. kids, whatever. But it was like ten years ago. <laughs> oh, okay. like yeah. yeah, I don't mind. Did I'm you I, have Queensrykke songs going on? In your I head played it back and back. Yeah, back for a little while. It was happening. Yeah, yeah. Silent like, lucidity. Was, I told her like I hate to break silent lucidity. Like, I said I hate to break the news <laughs> to you, but I'm spreading the disease. Right. Wait, it's a Queensrykke song. Oh. I know. <laughs> Mind crime. Yeah, see, see, I don't know. Queensryche. I knew he would get it. Dude. He loves Queensrykke. That's like that the, album changed everything for me. When Chris DeGarmo left, unfortunately, I don't know what these nerds are talking about at this point. That's when. That's when it changed he was great so what do you think um the future of podcasting is gonna be i hate to say this it's over 
It's no. What's going to happen? I believe, and I could be wrong. Yeah, but, and this ties into the YouTube problem. Yeah, meltdown what's going to happen? Bit. I believe within the next, let's say, seven years, seven to ten years. Uh, so we got time. But the FCC, yeah, will get involved with podcasting. Right. And say that it's too pervasive as a form of entertainment now, and there's too much money being made. Mm-hmm. That because every year, year over year, the last five years, there's like a 300 percent increase yeah. in podcast advertising. Well, there's no way to control the information, right. and that's what's happening now. Is they want to control the information, right? And there will be algorithms that recognize when someone has hate speech yeah. when so that the youtube well, has that now hate speech is just bringing up the, the name alex jones yeah or whatever exactly you it's gonna say that name and then it's like oh you're a fascist right. and you're doing hate having speech, the you know, right now it's, like, it's, it's amazing to have this open forum for everyone yeah. which i love right. but it's not going to last it's gonna go away it's There's going no away right right now well with youtube but on, yeah. on, a, on a but also i think oh, like, it's gonna go away deeper i think podcasting yeah, I think you're right but i also have think you ever listened to david ike no Okay. Well, he's like the guy that, uh, like, he's got that li- like reptilian whole theory. That, 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 there's reptile. I thought that was also Alex Jones believed that, doesn't he? Well, I don't. I don't know what Alex Jones believes, but like this guy David Ike had that whole theory going mm-hmm. on or whatever. But as, aside from that whole theory, which was the concept of the movie V. Yeah, that's true. Right, that's really yeah. where I think they just watched it too young. Yeah, maybe he watched it too young. Yeah. I, I, and whatever you think to that, that's neither here nor there. But like he he talks about the internet and how it was like sort of uh, actually kind of like some sort of CIA operation where, or before you go there, like it, it comes in, it's all free and right. it becomes indispensable to us, right? right. Like so, we're like the internet it like it's indispensable right. as it is now now and then like the pot like the fu- the toad and the pots the coming to a slow boil mm-hmm. and then suddenly it's boiling suddenly like they make it completely free at first so they suck all of us into it mm-hmm. and then once we're into it they start taking the freedoms away i just think the reason why i don't believe that at all no well, one, that's what's happening yeah, i know but I i'm mean, saying but what is, i mean like as a contrived plan oh as a plan nobody yeah. saw where the internet was going to be when it started no one is that brilliant and mm-hmm. also like i was uh which is a little side note here to also go off the rails i was yeah. wanted by the fbi for computer hacking when i was 15 uh-huh. and i was before there was an internet right. i was doing what the time was called bbs's and getting like just doing stupid shit yeah. and was there when the internet was only ascii based and there was no graphics and it was only at the time first it started government then it went to schools where you could talk to uh, there was a suny albany internet where you could chat with other schools to like trade information and shit Mm -hmm. and that was it was so pure no one saw that even you could add at the time i had a 300 baud modem there was no graphics no one knew where this was fucking going i don't think there's anybody that brilliant i don't think so maybe not but so you think it's going to go that way? It's going to get governed. You don't think that it, it, that the people will uprise and and, uh, and? I mean, in terms of being charged for things or being no, like just like it just demand free information, a free information. I like think what's going to happen? Shoot opens up or like right. is there a way they can really control? What will happen is this: I believe is that the idea of iTunes or Google Podcasts, mm-hmm. where they just carry everything from the most innocent children's podcast to the most racist idiotic podcast that ever existed on the same platform Won't is going to go away yes yeah, so right there's going to be a sec just like there's a bill to turn all porn sites soon to be dot xxx that they have to say that if they're doing any sort of porn it's got to be dot xxx mm-hmm. that type of regulation i believe will happen and then eventually it's going to be like well if you curse or if you do this then you can't 
be on the iTunes platform, right. you know. So then you're gonna have to find other forms to release your, your material. You won't re, you won't be able to release everywhere. Just like when, just like YouTube. Yeah, just and exactly. It's exactly the same thing. The iTunes right. platform. Just like when MP3s first started. You know, remember Napster, where everything mm -hmm. was just in one place and everybody had access to everything free. I found the coolest songs in the world when Napster existed that I never knew existed. To when I was doing my radio show, the tour bus bands would come in sometimes and say to me. Where the fuck did you get that version? I don't even have that version of right. the song because Napster had everything. Yeah. And then it got segmented. Well, Napster got shut down. So you, there's LimeWire, and then there's Audio Galaxy. And you got to find there's never going to be what it is now where there's just one depository for everything. Yeah. That's going to change and it's going to get regulated. But I just don't know how soon it'll happen. So is the golden era of podcast behind us? No, or we, are, us? we are in the heart of it right we're now. I think we're it. in the fucking heart of it. Right. Yeah. And to back to what you were saying before, like I never thought I'd do a podcast. My co-host right. Jay asked me to do one on Shiprocked. And yeah. my first response was, podcasting is for people that don't do radio. I'm in radio. Like, right. What are you fucking talking about? <laughs> yeah. And then a year later, when we did Shiprocked again the next year, I had seen and watched about how podcasting is changing the world right. six years ago now. Yeah. And I was like, well, fuck it. Let's do it. And he goes, well, what do we call it? And at the time... I had planned on launching a morning radio show called Sex, Drugs, and Rock and Roll. Mm -hmm. And the idea was, I'm going to go out at night, party till 6 in the morning, and just bring who's ever left onto a radio show, and we'll talk about what happened. Mm -hmm. I think I could do it for about a year or two. That's a good and idea. And I would get a lot of people to be like, holy shit, what, who, what lunatic is coming on the show this mm -hmm. today? You know? yeah. But that never happened. Uh, once I saw that... Uh, the money they were offering me, I said, I'm not going to do this. And then, right. but I had the graphics, I had the SDRshow.com, I had the imaging, everything ready to go. So when Jay said, well, what are we going to call it? I just sent him what looked like like a beautifully finished package mm -hmm. and just change it to him and me as the name. And he's like, oh, good, let's do that. And that was it. And that was, it was an easy launch. How long ago was that? We, the, the concept of it was about six years ago. Uh, and we started in a, in, a, in a January about six years ago, five, six years ago. But we recorded 12 episodes and we didn't know what an RSS feed was, how to put a show out. Yeah. We were just recording them. That I knew how to do from radio. Yeah. And they were just sitting on my hard drive. And I remember it was a, a guy I've been friends with forever um, who's actually doing my show this Wednesday, Corey Glover from Living Color. Love him. Um, he, uh, I know he had um, uh, Vernon. Vernon on. Um, Corey's Corey, on our list. Hey, Corey's great. Vernon Reed. Uh, I get you, Corey, anytime. He's a, really, he's a very good friend. Love Corey. Um, but um, he said to me, he goes, hey, Ralph, remember that show we recorded three months ago? Is that ever coming out? I'm like, yeah, I probably need to figure out how to do this. And I joined the podcast subreddit and just started uh, taking in information and yeah. figured out how to start an RSS feed, how to submit to I At the time, it was far more complicated than it is now. Yeah. Now they kind of do it for you. If you get an Anchor account or a Libsyn account, they'll do all the, the back end for you. At the time, you had to individually submit to every single platform and wait for their acceptance. Yeah, we're on Simplecast. Yeah, they, they make it easy for you. All of them make it simple simple for you. At the time, five, six years ago, it was not like that. It was very convoluted. Mm. Now, every, it, that's why, to go back to the top of the show, just fucking start your show. It is so easy now. I think it's there's three or four of them that I know that are really interesting. Anchor is one of them, where it's an app that does everything for you. Mm -hmm. So you don't need to do anything. And then... Um, I'm trying to get them as a sponsor, so I'm going to mention them anyway. But Rode has called the Rodecaster, and Rode, it's a Rode mics. The, it's a, yeah, Rode mics. They have something called the Rodecaster. It's a four mic setup for podcasting right. that can take in phone calls and automatically do the mix minus. Oh, really? And brings in um, a soundboard, and you can mimic different mic sounds. How much is that? It's like five, six hundred, 
and then it's a great unit that I for for traveling it makes life so fucking easy and I'm a big advocate of that that. yeah it's a great thing just like the zoom zoom was the birth of that you know which was the four six mic setup but this takes it to the next level it's a little bit bigger but it it brings so much more to the table and you can even edit on it I got a question I want to like do I'm into um, a lot of healing things and MPD abuse recovery things what's MPD mean it means narcissistic personality disorder NPD abuse NPD yeah so like I want to do like episodes based on that would you if you were me start another podcast and like divert or would you i would make it a special episode or like a, a special episode. yeah like once a month you do something or whenever yeah. i mean you're doing two a week right yeah yeah so even yeah. if you did one of each i don't like the idea Separate. so early on into your yeah. game what are you 60 in yeah right yeah. 60 yeah. episodes in i don't like the idea yeah. of you segmenting your uh, blossoming audience, yeah. right? I think one. If you got, if you had this show up to twenty thousand, mm-hmm. then the idea of starting another show makes sense. At this point, I wouldn't segment it. Right. I would make it a, like a once a month episode, like yeah. or or whatever. Or you could do one of one kind, one of the other, whatever you want to do. Like yeah. when we when I did Mark Cuban, it was just me and him for an hour, right? It was very different than what a normal SDR is. Right. But I felt that our fans would enjoy it, and I did not want to make it something separate. It's still felt like you know we still asked him his first at the end of the show and mm-hmm. we still he, he cursed and he said fuck um richard branson which i thought was cool That's you know cool. so things like that yeah. uh, i just don't want you i don't think you should segment your audience just yet you Apparently know he's yeah. reptilian he might be, is he? Yeah, uh, that's what I heard. Uh, he was fucking so cool. But, no, I'm not, I'm not, not Mark Cuban. I was talking about yeah. Richard Branson. Uh, and also, uh, Damon John came in was super cool too. We, we've done a, we just now we're putting together the highlights for 2019. Mm-hmm. So we, at the end of every year, we do a, um, a best of, of the year mm-hmm. and looking at all the crazy shit we did this year. It always like, you know, doing cocaine. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do some, we do porn things once in a while. Like we, what I call them stunt shows. Yeah. And they're always the most shared things like what do you do Poor she's gonna hate me more than she already does she but um won't. we hired a uh a thousand dollar escort and we hired a hundred dollar escort and we got blindfolded one minute blowjobs to see if you take out wow. your eyes ears and touch and just the oral which one you would pick wow and we both picked the hundred dollar girl no uh-huh. yeah 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 and uh, things like that. We've done a lot of crazy and shit like when that. When you do something like that, do you get backlash? No, I mean, you know, like, the show so is called shot. Sex, Drugs, and Rock and Roll. You know yeah. what you're in for. It's not called Ralph's Peaceful Hour of Life and Enlightenment. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's it's a really it's, if you don't. But still, you get no backlash. None. none. Zero. Zero backlash. That's We've amazing. done, and that's just the tip of the you iceberg. Could take We've done that to far the away. next level and hire I, a guy. I we have, did that also. You did. The uh, first one we called uh, the Olympics. The second one we did uh, Olympics too. Our interns. Got one was a girl, one was a guy, and, and they, they split they the city. The they difference. split it. The one picked the girl, one picked the guy. They didn't know there was again no hands, yeah. no eyes, no ears, you know, and no nothing. So the one picked the guy, one picked the girl. It was fifty fifty split. Uh, we've done a lot of crazy things. I can't believe, yeah, yeah. no backlash. No, man. we did an episode called "Smell My Finger." Yeah, where three girls came in and and played with themselves. Then we smelled it. Uh-huh. Then we got blindfolded and they did it again, and we had to see whoever could identify. The girls based uh-huh. on smell alone. Did anybody do it? One guy got two right. One guy got one right. I got none right. My, I just, <laughs> my nose is not that sensitive. But we've done a lot of dumb shit. And next, what I'm doing is. Are you inspired by Howard Stern? I hate that. Uh, I understand it. But like, if yeah. I was going to be a director of a movie, yeah. no one says, "Oh, like Quentin Tarantino." No, you know, yeah. if I'm going to be a, a, a chef, oh, like Julia Child. Yeah. But you do anything somewhat shocking in radio, yeah. and it's it just shows his 
success. Well, I wanted to bring him up anyway uh, before, actually, just based on the fact that, like, what you were saying, your initial reaction to podcast. Because one thing that shocked me about Howard, and I'm a big, I was, I am a big Howard Stern fan, was when his take on he shit on podcast was so dumb. To, yeah, that was it. By me. the way, like, because it's like, dude. It's just like he he when went. When did he say he, that? Well, a couple years ago, he was just like you know, it's not legit. This, that, the other. And it was like really backwards. It was he the first time in it? my life. Oh, he was threatened by. It yeah, sure. I didn't agree with. Like, yeah. it's weird to say to myself because usually I'm so on yeah. with what he said. I was that, like, oh, I don't well, agree with him. Me, on me too. Yeah. I totally yeah. disagree. Hashtag and, me and too. I, and I felt like he was like totally missing the boat. And I, I'm sure he understands that he was. At yeah, this I'm sure point. now. But he. Uh, it's funny is that he. And Ari Shafir, comic that's been on my show a few times, yeah. got into it online a little well, bit. Oh, yeah, I remember yeah, that. And Ari, this was a big and boost. Ari won. Ari won. But Ari, Ari was great was that yeah. that week <laughs> was the week Ari was on my show. Oh, uh, okay. So that's good it just for worked you, for huh? me that because everyone great. was was Googling it. Yeah. And it set a new normal for my show's listenership. Oh, great. You know, which was great for me. That happened to me a couple times in my life where I got lucky Bumps. that somebody, something happened. Like Michael Phelps, it came out that he was dating a trans woman. Really? Right, and she didn't know. Like, no, sorry, not trends. Uh, ne- the intersexed, mm-hmm. uh, which not used to be the term hermaphrodite, but non-binary. Now, no, no, intersex, born with both. Oh, okay. You know, and now identifies woman had the uh, penis removed at an early age and is now a woman. Mm-hmm. And when it came out, and now she's getting, she was getting into porn. She was on my show mm. when it came out that she was Michael Phelps's girlfriend or ex-girlfriend at that point. Mm-hmm. Boy, did everyone want to fucking search her name, right. and it just wasn't done intentionally. That we just got lucky, got lucky that that story broke the time that our episode came out. Right. You know, so those kind of things have happened where we achieved a new normal, which was great. You yeah. know? One time, on one of the dumb shows we did was called the Ultimate Horrier. Uh-huh. Instead of the ultimate warrior, it was like a, a whore contest for girls. Like who would do the, who could hold the most fake jizz in their mouth, like dumb shit like that. Right. Then it was um, <laughs> who who was, we gave them a math question and it was trick question because whoever got it the most wrong got the points because nobody wants a, d- a smart whore. Mm-hmm. That was the idea. Oh. Just dumb jokes like that. <laughs> but we got a cease and desist letter from the WWE because it, so many people were sharing the. We used the Ultimate Warrior logo. Yeah. I don't know if you know. I'm not a big wrestling fan, but I know that logo. And in the eye makeup where it was like black lines, mm-hmm. it was just. Um, people having sex mm-hmm. right like it was like an artsy kind of thing mm-hmm. and we got a cease and desist we had to change the name of the show because mm-hmm. they send a cease and desist letter the new one we're doing in um in march i think it is we're going to get five guys of different races and a girl is going to perform uh two seconds of oral on each and see if she could guess which race they are huh. based on just the taste of their penis and i'm calling it international street food and i'm very proud of that <laughs> how do you come up with your ideas i don't you think about just the dumbest thing i could think of yeah, we did a. Uh, uh, the, Do you meditate? Yeah, no, I practice semen retention. Yeah. We did a uh, the ultimate batch off once to see who whose jizz load weighed more. Me and Jay, and it was we both had to not touch ourselves from one day, like five days forward, uh-huh. and then we were pleasured ourselves into cups and weighed it on a drug scale. Right, and the loser Jay lost, which I, he's ten years younger than me, so I'm proud of that he had to pour mine over his hands and do this uh uh-uh. oh my god <laughs> so stupid but then also look then we also have mark cuban on we have bands on we try to have real interviews on like yeah. when dmc came on we the first he did it twice run dmc you know mm-hmm. dmc first time was like an incredible interview about him wanting to kill himself when he was oh right um, like really powerful mm-hmm. and then the second time he came on, i'm like well we can't do that again so jay and i did a rap battle mm-hmm. and it was like you have to pick which one of us is least terrible that's you cool. know so we try to do Who things won? Um, the Jay sort Jay of won, won, I guess. But here, here's the story. <laughs> Jay won, right? Yeah. <clears throat> I found out day of. I thought we were doing a rap battle. He was doing a battle rap. 
Do you follow the difference? A battle. A, a battle rap meaning he was gonna shit on me in his rap. Uh, it was gonna be like a like a roast, roast battle, yeah. you know, right. a roast rap. I was writing a goofy song. I wrote an actual song that was like talking about DMC, and it, it had a hook. It was two minutes long, right. you know. His was a forty-second rap that was just shitting on me, yeah, right? So that got the that so got, got the, the, that got the audience. But then when I found out he was doing that day of, I wrote a battle rap. Mm -hmm. So I did my nice one first, yeah. then Jay did his, and he said, "Well, Jay won, right?" Yeah. And I explained the story. I said, "Can I do my mean one now?" Mm -hmm. And I did my mean one, and he said, "Well, if you would have done that, you would have won." Yeah. See, but, this feels like to me like with 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 the arm wrestling thing, the fact that I'm slightly injured. I feel like you know what I well, mean. You like, also, you, you're you injured, won, though. But I mean, you're only in, injured because I arm wrestled you three days ago and fucking ripped your arm out of your like Injury going on, so yeah. I feel like. So who's uh, uh like who's your favorite podcasters current? You know, it's weird. Uh, I don't really listen to podcasts that much. I, I thought you might say that. But what I did, which I recommend to everybody, is when you decide I'm going to start a podcast, mm -hmm. what's it going to be about? Oh, it's going to be about music, or it's going to be about health whatever it's whatever you're doing there's yeah. a million podcasts somebody has the Somebody's idea. Done go it. listen to the top people in that field mm -hmm. so that's what i did i listened to the best comedy and music podcasts at the time and i was like well i like what this is i don't like that i could do that better that's funny but i have a way to twist that and kind of assimilated the knowledge mm -hmm. to create what i wanted to do right and also you should never be fully happy with your show you should be if you're content with what you're putting out, right. that's a mistake. Yeah. I'm sure, you, again, to relate that as a music, musician, of course. you always want to be doing something better and more 100%. creative. So you should feel that exact same way on your show. You should never rest on your laurels yeah. and always figure out a way to get better. And in the same respect, like you guys had 500 listens. You should be fucking happy. You're only 50, 60 we episodes get more in. more than that. You should yeah. be happy. You know, it's great. So A month in, it's at 700, 800. That's great. That's, yeah. that's, that's, what, that's, are total, what are our total uh, downloads? 40, well, 40, the only metric that matters for an advertiser is where that episode is one month out. Yeah. So the episode today, 30 days later, how many listens? That's all they care about. It's the only metric. But everywhere I looked, the, 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 the metric was, 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 was 30,000. Everyone was, no, no, was it, it depends willing, on, not willing to talk to me before we had 30,000. First of all, 000. fuck ad sales companies. Right. Go after companies yourself. Yeah, no, we've fuck been them. trying. We do. Uh, we try, haven't really been trying. Well, I reached out to Guitar Center. Yeah, here's the to, thing is that uh, Guitar you, can't, you can't do that. Yeah, you're not going to get that. But we you can get. We haven't really been trying. Is you can figure out, like also not Guitar Centers, but the local fucking guitar guy. Yes. You're not going to get guitar. No, no, no. You're going to get like, no, that's a like big, what's the guy in there's a St. Mark's guitarist dude, like, that's been there forever. What's yeah, his Mo, name? Mojo. Yeah, there you but go. Dude, Mojo. You're talking about the nineties, bro. He has Chris Mojo hasn't been there forever. Oh, but no, but there's another good there's <laughs> another guitar. Years. Matt Umanoff, you, that's school, gone. No, there, there's old a guitar center. Matt Umanoff. Here. No, there's a couple. I guarantee you. <laughs> not anymore, bro. I'm oh, gonna Google it right no, now. No, I know who you're talking about. Actually, I know him. Howie. Okay. Yeah, on or, East Fourth. Okay. On Fourth I know Street. I pass a guitar store. No, that is or right. Rudy's, he's still got going. Rudy's right. guitar. So I'm saying uh, is that yeah. you're never going to get a Sam Ash or a Guitar no. Center, but I, you will I, I get that guy. That. And you tell that guy, look, we can, I can, whatever you know. I play this guitar. I'll say I bought it here. Whatever the fuck. Yeah, yeah. And that's how you're going to get. You don't go after number one. Go after number two or three. That's what you want to go after. Yeah. You're not going to get number one. You want to get the guy that's still trying to carve out a, a business himself. Yeah, you know, yeah. that's the way to go. Like I just lucky we. We just got the, uh, I bought an Oculus Quest, which What's is a, mean? it's a uh, VR. VR gaming system, uh -huh. right? And they're like, even though they're, they're pretty big, yeah. they don't compare to Sony's VR system or, yeah. or whatever. So I went after them by tagging them in photos and saying, oh, I'm going to do this with a band this week. And now yeah. I think they're going to come on as a sponsor.
That's amazing. You know, so things about things. And then put up a, a, a stupid content that incorporates things that you believe in. Yeah, Vibram uh, Five Finger the Toe Shoes. We should get them. Yeah. 100% your toe shoes. Yeah, the toe shoe thing. <laughs> Go after... <laughs> I'm sure there's the, the Cadillac the brand, and then there's the brand that's one below them. Yeah. Go after that brand. You will 100% get them. Speaking of virtual reality, do you think this is a simulation that we're living in? Do no, you, I, don't, I, don't, yeah, I, believe, I don't believe any of that. No, I think it's silly. Do I you just, think we went to the moon? Yeah, 100%. You do? Do you not? I don't know. Who knows? Come on now. Do you really legit not? I don't fucking know, bro. You know how much more is involved to fake it? <laughs> you think everyone faked it? All of them have been faked? I don't know, man. I don't There's know. There's too many of them. Look into it. I've looked into it. <laughs> I've looked into all that shit. It's just the, the con, just like, do you believe in a flat earth? I don't know. God damn it. This is a realm. God damn Tesla it. Tesla said it's a realm. So here's my question with, with, the, with the earth. Like, if I hold a rock that's round... Yeah. Then I hold a I hold a boulder that's round. Mm -hmm. At what point do they flatten out? I don't know. Makes no sense. Okay. Come on now. Hey man, I don't you know I don't have a dog in the race. <laughs> what is it, the expression? A dog in the fight. I don't know. I'm just open minded. I don't have a chicken in this uh, wheelhouse. Yeah, what exactly? Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I yeah I I believe that most of I I don't a lot not into many conspiracy theories. No. It just feels like it's so much more work. Yeah, I think it's far more involved to get people to believe something. I think not they're true. fun to talk about and debate about, but I don't. Really, I, deba I don't on, really care. I on Sherpa and the Schmuck, we debate gurus all the time. Oh yeah, you know, I Marcus who founded Juice Press, which right. is you know, there's 90 locations uh -huh. now, right? And he's gotten into. Which I think also it's much easier to start worrying about being a better person yeah. and being better to other people when you made millions of dollars and don't have to worry about money anymore yeah. and it's not a concern anymore, then you could start worrying, well, I don't have to work. Maybe I'll start thinking about being a better person. I don't know. It just, it, I respect the person more that doesn't have two nickels to rub together and is trying to better themselves yeah. more than someone that doesn't have to think about money anymore. So you right? debate gurus. Guru, he'll send me like Sat Guru. Do you know who that yeah, is? Yeah, I know Sat Guru. And boy, did I fucking hate him. I like Sat Guru. Oh my God, Why do you I don't. hate him? It's a whole long story. But give me like the clip First of all, notes. look into him as a person. Oh, really? He's wanted for potentially murdering his wife. No. Uh -huh. his, um, well, he's one of the suspects <laughs> no, uh -huh. in it for sure. Um, his, um, his charity is not a charity because it's all mandatory. Any, if you want to go to the yoga retreat, they quote it as a donation, but it's mandatory. Mm -hmm. But it's, it can't be a donation if it's mandatory. Um, they, when people have come out as being, women have been coming out as they were held as sex slaves in his compound. Really? Men have come out saying that they were slaves in the compound. Right. Um, and then his platform is flawed because he's on stage talking about, which I agree with, that it's a beautiful time in that technology allows you to reach out to the world, right? right. And that it's the only time in, in history, which I don't agree with this 100%, but that... Men and women both have an equal voice, right? Uh -huh. The reason why I don't agree with that is that I think before Christianity, when, when, when it was paganism and, you know, women were heralded as birth givers. And so maybe in, since Christianity forward or since modern times of, of what we now follow, but let's just say for that to be true, mm -hmm. he's telling the story in a Muslim garb, mm -hmm. the beard, the, uh, the souk, the whole thing, mm -hmm. right? which is a uh, religion that believes in Sharia law, which is a, re a religion that belittles women, mm -hmm. and you're telling me that you think men and women should be equal. Mm. If I was in blackface talking about racial equality, who would listen to me? Mm. You look ridiculous. I think it's a little different. I don't think it's different. Let me ask I think you that this. Is there any gurus you like? I, I don't know if he's a guru. Liked, I like. Liked also, he them. named himself a guru, which I don't like that either. But well, he changed hey, his name legally to Sat Guru. My new name is Joe Guru. Mine's Ralph God. 
I think that's better. <laughs> what but, about uh, helium guru? I'm I'm the helium guru. The that's guy I respect I is, is Alan Watts. I think Alan <laughs> Watts is amazing. Yeah. Well, he but he was, but he's not a guru. He's just more like really an enlightened guru. guy. Enlightened, but he you know do you know his end was like a little controversial. Yeah, yeah. I've been I've been very heavy drinker. Yeah, which is I think of, that it's one of the the uh, unfortunate um, side effects of being enlightened and understanding mm-hmm. how little we matter and how little we know. Do you think we don't matter? I think that we are, there's an interconnectivity to the universe that we'll never understand mm-hmm. that on a proven scientific level, molecularly, we're made up of the same shit as stars, as this table, as this mic stand. So there is some sort of interconnectivity. I think we matter. But I don't, I don't think that to assign a meaning when we don't know is dangerous. Yeah, but I think we matter a great deal to each other. Yeah, well, that's you different. Like I'm we, talking like about... We, like, like you like you as your own person if you're if you're like trying to elevate yourself that energy spreads like so far right but i think you're talking about which i agree with you Mm -hmm. in our more immediate surroundings that you can have an effect on what's happening on other people but in the grandiose uh multi-universe world that we live in Mm. where there's probably uncounted millions of civilizations my life doesn't matter that's I mean, what I think. If you believe in the globe theory, if you believe in that, yeah, I. But I mean, like, if you, it's hard to have any of those conversations. Everything could be fake, right? But I don't. I think that I. I hate science in that. I hate that they say this is what we know mm-hmm. versus what they should say, which is this, this is, what, is what, we, what we know now, right? Because it's going to change. We used to think that there was only exactly. one planet, well, there was only one sun. Yeah. So just say this is what we think is right, right. but that may change because yeah. most people are stupid and they're going to take that as. Oh, that's the way it is. Right. And that's the problem. Yeah. So I think all these things are dangerous because most people are stupid. So only Alan Watts was the only So far. So I've done far. the show's not that old. Who We've else done, did you guys do? I have to look at that. I don't have to remember that. I have a really bad memory. Oh show, did you do not that? Not yet. No. no. It was about six guys so far. And some of them I like the you know, the idea of separating the messenger the from message, the message. The message yeah. is oftentimes good and yeah. the messenger it's is often always, awful. Yeah. It's always flawed. Yeah, but it's, well like power always corrupts. It just mm-hmm. does. Nobody like nobody can deal with power. But it's anybody like, that has a compound yeah. with people that praise them it's problematic that's problematic it that is. i can't look past that it is like alan watts was against that and certain other i forget the other guys one of the guy he introduced me to that i liked who was against that mm-hmm. anyone's trying to take money from you one guy yeah. by the way it. how's our compound coming along is it has almost, it built yet is it almost built yeah i'm paying more good for you guys okay good that's nice that's a joseph oh <laughs> i think i don't know if i, I did that once I, I did yoga once oh at a yoga studio you're gonna city. come to yoga with me yoga to the people bro i'll try that but like, i went we, i told you i went to one we went today i went yeah. to one once and it was my first time doing yoga yeah i sat down the woman hits a, uh, a cup with a bell yeah. and ding and everyone goes oh, oh. i just got up and left oh, i didn't even on. i was like i can't do this Ain't nothing wrong with it couldn't do it come couldn't on. do it you can deal with it it was too silly for me couldn't do it what do you think, Ahud? You got any more questions for our, uh, our friend just, Ralph? Uh, if you could mention some of the charities you work with. I, oh, right yeah. now, it's the, the number one, it's called, it's called Cancer Sucks, is the one I've been working with lately. Um, they're, they're great. Every, there's not a dollar goes to uh, salaries at all. It all goes to 100%. the research. 100%. Well, it's, it's a weird... And you and you doing the auctioning is I like, do the auction for them. has doubled. The, I did crazy money for them. Yeah, they, yeah. In, in the last few years we raised like over a million. Brag dollars. on it. Eh, I, it's not about that. I think that I know it's not. Like, but it's, it's but here's the thing. I do believe energy. is that if you believe in what, like I almost got fired from Shiprocked because after um, Chester Bennington killed himself, mm-hmm. and uh, it, was, it was just a dumb joke. What I hate about this is it wasn't funny. But uh, I thought it was funny at the time. I still think it could have been funny. Mm-hmm. I read Chester Bennington killed himself, and then I read O.J. Simpson was released 
from jail. Mm. So I just wrote, maybe Chester didn't want to live in, in a world where OJ ran free. That's all, right? And I mean, that's not horrible. It's not horrible, but it's not that funny. I, I mean, okay. I don't mean it's not a good joke. I don't, I don't care that, yeah. it, you know, not funny as an, oh, you, it's a taboo subject. Right. I just I wish it was a better joke. Okay. But, you didn't have time to work on it. Right. That. But I got crazy shit on mm-hmm. by these people that wanted me fired from Shiprocked mm-hmm. because I didn't share their th- views on uh, suicide. Right. Right. And I, my answer is, hey, just putting up hashtag don't kill yourself or whatever the fuck you're doing does nothing. Do you work for a charity? Do you do anything? Do you work mm-hmm. for a suicide prevention line? If you're just pontificating because your daughter killed herself, right. then you're you're just as bad as, as me. Mm-hmm. You know, then also I started looking at this guy's uh, – there was a group of guys that were really trying to get me thrown off the boat. And one guy wrote uh, probably for something else. Well, just also because it hit home, you know that it, they all. It wasn't anybody that hadn't lost someone to suicide, right. you know, or their friends. So one guy posted a picture of himself as a girl for Halloween and said, "Look what an ugly girl I make." Blah blah blah. And I said, which is not true. But I said, "Hey, my brother's transgender. I'm insulted by this." Right. Right. Which which then another guy said, "Oh, I hate tomatoes." I said, "Oh, my father was killed by a tomato truck. I'm insulted by this." You know, right. you just can't. There's always going to be a way that you're going to fuck something up if you're trying to be politically correct for everybody. And it yeah. should just be like, it was just a dumb joke, whatever. Right. You know? And they try to get me thrown off the, uh, the boat that year. But anyway, what I'm trying to say is if you believe in something, try and do something for that group in some way, shape, or form. Right. Even if it's just donating. Yeah. If it's time, money, whatever you can do, do that, you know, yeah. but don't go online and shit on people. Just go be a better person. I just don't have the energy. For, I don't know who, who has the energy for that. Like yeah. if I heard a bad joke that I thought was like, you know, like in poor taste, I yeah. would just roll my eyes. Right. One guy said, um, like, you know, like, okay, you know what I mean? But like, I wouldn't be like, let me take the energy to right. try to like. One guy uh, wrote, um, Ralph doesn't believe in the same way we believe in suicide. So he shouldn't be on the boat. And I said, that's good. We should also only bring the same people that have the same religion. Why don't we only bring white people? Like, what the fuck are you saying? Mm-hmm. Everyone needs the same exact views. Mm-hmm. It's like, like to, to button this up as one beautiful story. Right. Like we said in the beginning, yeah. it's okay to not agree with everybody. Exactly. I mean, we have to be able to uh, have, you know, dialogue right. back and forth without like, you know, trying to destroy. And it's just okay to not agree. Like, I just think that's fine. I love being, also, I love being proved wrong. I think I may have told you that at my studio, I have a $500 reward to any staff member that can show me that I taught them how to do something incorrectly. Because I'm self-taught. I'm sure I've made mistakes. So if you Google something like, oh, if we do it this way, we're going to save a half hour. And you're right. I'm going to give you 500 bucks. Right on. Yeah, because I want people to constantly be trying to improve what we're doing. Yeah. So what's uh what's the future hold for you then? What's um that? I would li- I don't want to bring on too many new shows, but what I want to do is the the top shows have about the, the number one show is Legion of Skanks. It's like three hundred thousand listeners per episode. Mm-hmm. I'd like that to be a year from now. Congrats. On the the worst show on the network, and meaning not them, like but the the three hundred thousand should be the metric. A hundred thousand above every show on the network should be. Right, that's where I'd like us to be. Mm-hmm. I'd like our um, s- subscribers to double by next year, and we're going to do two or three original uh, scripted shows. I want to do one or two scripted shows, mm-hmm. where as opposed to this freeform talk, I want to actually like we produced two uh, comedy specials, one last year, one the year before, and they both went to number one on iTunes. I want to do another one of those next year, but uh, just constantly expanding the brand. This we- makes me think of like doing like a, a rock and roll musical, but podcast style. That's fun. Yeah, that why not? I think that would be cool. I think there's, 
the ability yeah. to do anything now the, is so amazing because right. you don't need a the half a million dollars. Limit. Yeah, it's just your own creativity. It's almost like, yeah, there's almost a lot of pressure on you. Like when, when I, I should be doing, like in my head, I'm always like, I should be doing more. I could do so much more. Right, but also don't let more dilute what you have what here because right. this is i've really enjoyed the shows Thank i've watched you, you know Thank and you are good at this Thank you know you. so you should be uh focusing on how do yeah. i get this to the instead of saying well i should also like we print our own merch right, right. that didn't happen overnight it just kind of right. happened over time and now that's grown exponentially we went from selling like 50 100 pieces a month to last three months before we sold over a thousand pieces which is great mm -hmm. network wide and we started selling merch for net shows that are not even on my network yeah. Same thing with ad sales. We sell ads for 20 shows that are not on my network, right? So right. we've been expanding, but it didn't happen overnight. Everything happened three over three years. And so when you have these goals like of like listeners per episode and uh, and all that, do you write them down? What are your techniques? I make a to-do list every day. What are your techniques day. to manifest this I, stuff? I handwrite hand a to-do list do every day. visualize the success? I don't do that. You don't do I that? Don't do that? I think there's something about... And again, because I'm old, it's writing it down is. But big. that's because I'm old. I don't think if you're young, yeah. um, only there, nowhere else. Right. Um, <laughs> I don't think that. Uh, based on me knowing Queens. Yeah, right. based on me knowing. No, and your appearance. <laughs> ah. <laughs> um, the beard ads. For I need to make years. that nah. hand to mind nah, connection. Shaven. <laughs> I don't think she needs to do that because yeah. you didn't grow up. Like I don't know how old you are, but if you're in your twenties, yeah. you don't have that same connection that I do in being 50 of writing something down. Mm -hmm. So how you do it doesn't have to be the same, you know? Right. So I'm actually been trying to transition myself into typing it into a to-do list because just because we were taught hand, hand to paper is why we believe that. But I don't think that that's the important thing. I think that you are, when you're focused on what your goal is and making that list, whether you're doing it in hand or typing or, right. you know, virtual reality script, or whatever the fuck, it. is the act of taking the time of what's doing. And we also, in the studios, we have a weekly meeting every Wednesday where we go through where the numbers are for shows once a month, what's happening on the network, what can we do to improve, mm -hmm. what was broken, what needs to be fixed, how do we move forward? You right. know, we do that every Wednesday. Right. So that's part of it too. But for me, like I also try to bring in people. I'm looking for a new social media guy. Right. I'm looking for people to offload my life because I get up at five in the morning every day, I go to bed at midnight. I can't keep that going much longer. Right? Oh, wow. It's just it's, you get it's up at five? five, five, five thirty, and then uh, go to bed around eleven thirty or twelve. Yeah. I get into bed usually around 11.30 and by sleep by 12. Yeah. But I'm fucking exhausted all the time. Today, yeah. over, I overslept to 7 and I went to the gym and I was like, wow, I feel so strong. Because mm -hmm. I got two extra hours of sleep, which yeah. I normally don't get. I, Five hours is not it enough. It sucks. That's not It enough. sucks, yeah. Every once in a while, my body resets and I take a day where I just need to just relax. Mm -hmm. But generally, it's like back-to-back -back meetings. Like after this, I have a 3 o'clock, a 5 o'clock, a 7 o'clock. And then I'll do something at 9 and go to bed by 11.30, get up again and start it all over again. And you got your date. And I got my date tonight. That's nine. That's nine. Yeah. Ralph, thanks for coming on. And doing Thank you this. for having yeah, me, guys. It's been, been a fun episode. Sorry I was so rambly. No, enlightening, too. Uh, yeah, and yeah. Uh, I'm sure there's lots of people that want to start a podcast, so they probably got a lot. Look out up of my this. entrepreneur article, right? And also, I'm a completely open book. I tell people all the time yeah. email me, Ralph at guestsnetwork.com. You have questions, I'll fucking answer any question because no one ever helped me in radio. Anyone helped me in any of these aspects. And I always said, I'm never going to be that person. You have any questions, how to start a network, whatever the fuck, right. just email me, Ralph at Guest Digital. Follow me everywhere at I am Ralph Sutton uh, on every social media thing. I believe in social symmetry. I'm a bit, you don't have that.
I know. I'm well, mad at that. Joseph underscore Arthur on Instagram. And but then it's something else on Twitter. Joseph Arthur Don't on like Twitter. it. Don't I like don't, it. Yeah. Social yeah. symmetry. Yeah. Oh, well. <laughs> I ju- that's the first I've heard that. So let me uh, adjust. <laughs> Thanks, Ralph. Thanks for having me. Thank See you, you tomorrow. Ralph. See you tomorrow. We'll do a third arm wrestle. <laughs> now I'm done. <laughs> <laughs>